You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, the show is about to start in 10, 9, 8, 7, Six, five, four, three, two, one. He'll be found on the mountain. It's time for Inside the Gamecock, the show. Built by the Barnabinium Company, served by Chicken Cock Whiskey, and part of the Chief Sports Network. Touchdown, Carolina. Touchdown, Ace. All right, greetings and good morning. Welcome aboard and welcome home. Inside the Gamecocks, the show live from the Sinorama Studios. They're chilly today as the cold air moves its way out of the south, and luckily the 70s come in. But we're always served by Chicken Cock Whiskey. That'll keep you warm, that's for sure. If you haven't tried it, go to the Chief Sports app and click the Chicken Cock Challenge button. Type in your address. You can find it in a store near you. And 
We are built by the Barndo Co., the barndominiumco.com, where you can build your dream home in Georgia, Tennessee, or the Carolinas for as low as $160 per square foot. Phil, Mad Dog, of course, J.C. Sherbert will be along in just a moment. Myself, J.B., here until 2 o'clock today. We'll be joined in the noon hour until the end of programming by our partner and your friend, everybody's friend, Mike Morgan with ESPN. He had the dogs and the cats in Lexington this weekend as Kentucky took down Georgia. You may have heard South Carolina did the same in Fayetteville, Arkansas, defeating the Hogs and moving themselves back up the ladder in the net rankings and all that type stuff. John Whittle will be here in 15 minutes, and we'll talk to him about a big, big road win for the Gamecocks. And, of course, I just said Mike called the Kentucky game Yeah, they walk into Colonial Life Arena tomorrow night and South Carolina in search of what would be a signature win is going to have an opportunity to knock off a very, very good Wildcat basketball team here in the 23-24 season. So we're going to get into all that. Clearly, Pete Lembo is on the move. This is something that we knew would probably come at some point in time. He is an outstanding football coach and he has been open with everybody about the fact that he wanted to be a head coach again. Buffalo came calling, and Pete Limbo has departed Carolina's football program, so we'll see what direction Shane Beamer goes to replace him, whether he hires another special teams coordinator or restructures a little bit. He just had a press conference, did Coach Beamer on Friday, about, yeah, well, we're pretty sure this is it, but never say never. But that question was really more related to the NFL. If they came calling after some of his coaches, as he has fielded the last two seasons, Uh, This, though, not the NFL, but a great opportunity for Coach Limbo. So we're going to get to all that stuff. Speaking of the NFL, an outstanding weekend in the divisional round. How about those Detroit Lions, man? For 32 years, they were off in the wilderness, and they have come out and alive and well here in the 24 playoff season. Uh, Phil, it's been really neat to see what they're doing. Now they get to go to San Francisco and try to knock off the Niners. And uh, with an opportunity to play for a Super Bowl. Wow, crazy. So, got a lot of stuff to get into. But first and foremost, good morning, my man. I know you just got done wrapping up JC and Morgan. For those that may have missed that, Chris Stewart with the Crimson Tide Sports Network was on there as well. And uh, you can go back and watch and listen after two o'clock today, of course, when we get off the air. What's up? Yeah, yeah doing well, man. Had a great weekend. Uh, yeah, with no dog in the NFL fight, really, at this point. Um, the lions are my team, right? I'm like, let's go, you know, yeah, <laughs> go ahead Detroit, win one, you know, I, I really am just, uh, and loving it, uh, kind of figured, you know, the game last night was a good one and, uh, uh, would end up the way it did. Uh, hate to see it on, you know, miss field goal to tie it up. That just makes you feel real bad, but Hey, you know, it is what it is, but, uh, it's been a decent weekend. NFL wise got some stuff done up here at home, and uh, just kind of enjoyed being with the fam. It was fun. <laughs> well, I mentioned all of that, Phil. There's also a rather large basketball game after Kentucky and South Carolina play, but it does involve South Carolina. Well, this is a big week for Gamecock yeah, basketball. This is huge. Because uh, <laughs> we're just three days away from the trip to Baton Rouge for Don Staley and the number one Gamecocks LSU awaits. They were you know a little open about it this weekend and the fact that they have been waiting on this game for a while so they're going to get it uh the uh Gamecocks went to College Station and and I mean 
I thought that A&M would, would, would put up a little bit more of a fight. They did not. Yeah. You know, so no. these last two games combined, can, can you believe that? Kentucky at A&M, these last two games, Dawn's girls are averaging 98.5 points per game. Holy smokes. Uh, and, and, they're, and, you know, they're giving up 50. So they, they, these last two opponents, they've defeated by an average of 48 and a half points. These are SEC games, man. I mean, they are playing some spectacular basketball. Now, it won't be like that down in Baton Rouge, but, um, but certainly they, uh, they'll be ready to play. Oh yeah, yeah, and and it, no surprise they have this thing circled. Uh, I mean, it was you know everybody had it pegged as the two best teams last year. Really, uh, Iowa, notwithstanding, they're one of the better teams with probably what they were trying to convince us all was the best player. Um, and and her little antics yesterday was funny. <laughs> did, did we all see that <laughs> the big flop? I was like, you know, I mean, I wanted to just, you know, kind of whisper in her ear that the game was over at that point. She didn't have to uh, quite put on so much, but uh, but flopping after the uh, whistle blows. <laughs> I know. You know, that's like game I don't. Or have got have got their sights squarely on Baton Rouge. Yeah, they'll they'll be ready to play. You know, one of the things that um that I you, you know everybody isn't a, a South Carolina has South Carolina's women's basketball program has become a team that you you kind of love them or hate them. Uh, clearly, Gamecock fans love them, but they've been now really good for a while. And they've won multiple national championships, and and every year seemingly you got to go through them. Now it's not UConn anymore, it's not Tennessee, it's not it, even though you know LSU did what they did. It's still not LSU, it's still South Carolina. You have still got to go through them to go compete and win a national championship. And so when you know you go from you know being lovable to being hated really quick. And so there's a lot of a lot of teams out there, a lot of people out there that probably don't care much for Gamecock women's basketball. Understandable, understandable. Uh, and that's because they win, you know, not because they're you know a bunch of you know crybabies or anything like that. Like that's because they win. But the one thing, even if you don't like them, and wherever you are, the one thing that you can always respect about a Don Staley coach basketball team. Period. The end. There is never anybody that puts that uniform on as bigger than that than the team or the program. Never. It was never about Asia Wilson. It was never about Aaliyah Boston. It's not about any of these these girls here. I mean, it is about the Gamecocks. Period. The end. That is how Dawn coaches her. Now you might you might not you know like how good they are or whatever it is, or you might not like a player for whatever your own personal reason is. But but she will never. Let what has happened down in Baton Rouge happen in Columbia. That will not happen in Columbia. Not as long as Don Staley's coaching. You will never be bigger than the program. Um, and that is something that you have to respect. So, and that's part of the reason why they get so many wins. You know, they're very selfless. It's a selfless basketball program. So it's going to be a big game coming up for them. We'll, we'll dabble in some of that here just a little bit. John Whittle actually has a, um, has a uh, column up on the big spur from last night, early look at South Carolina versus LSU. And uh, and so that's uh, you know it's it's getting its national attention. Remember, College Game Day will also be there 
on Thursday night for this game. So uh, really looking forward to 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 all that as well. Um, as for the playoffs, you know, to kind of ease into that and we'll ease out of it and get to break and get John back in here. But um, first of all, neat to see a bunch of Gamecocks playing this weekend. Uh, I thought the Packers would hang in there. They did uh, with a chance to to pull off a what would be a stunner in San Francisco. But the Niners moved. I think Debo had two catches in that game. Uh, and then last night, really heartbreaking to see the Bills go down. I was texting with Pat DeMarco a little bit during the ball game, and, and I thought they were going to pull this thing off. I mean, gosh, that sucker was moving at a brisk pace, wasn't it? And yeah. then – <laughs> and then all of a sudden it hit the stall, you know. It's like when you're smoking barbecue. It was like, oh, what happened here? Um, they had some some really wild stuff when the kid fumbled the ball through the end zone for the touchback. I thought, oh no, um, yeah. but uh, they somehow held on as that kick and Nance jinxed him. Jimmy, you know better. You know, know. better. Uh, <laughs> I mean, as the words were coming out of his mouth, the ball flies to the right of the goalposts. And um, and that pretty much did him in. Uh, so Buffalo will stay home in the snow, and uh, and, uh, and um, Kansas City will move on. But that set that 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 matchup next week in Baltimore is going to be really neat. That's going to be really neat to watch those two guys play. And again, the Niners and the Lions probably could have never dreamed of this NFC Championship game. But I'll be damned. Go Detroit, you know. Go go get them. Go out there and get them and and uh, have a chance to go win a Super Bowl. That is so neat. Uh, I talked to my Uncle Bill yesterday morning, who he actually years and years ago, um, you know, uh, practiced with the Lions uh, growing up outside of Detroit. And uh, I had to call him yesterday morning and pick his brain a little bit about that. So my family's pretty fired up about it. It's really neat to see. And I think JC said it last week as we welcome him into the program here. Um, If you are a football fan in the state of Michigan right now, going pretty well for you uh you know the the wolverines and the lions are giving them something to crow about up there it's pretty neat it's kind of like that year um when georgia won their first national championship uh the braves turn around i, mean, I guess that that previous uh some or fall the braves have won the world series so kind of like being a georgia person then but you know it's not like the falcons <laughs> you know we're, we're winning the super bowl or going to the super bowl or whatever i think I think Georgia's first championship game appearance was the year after the Falcons blew the Super Bowl, 2016, 2017, something like that. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, man, I mean, uh, Detroit and Detroit's had two pretty competitive football games. You yeah. Know? And what I've been impressed with, too, I guess pe- people don't talk about it because I guess it's just they've never had – I mean, they, they play the Thanksgiving game there every year, right, Ford Field. But you you've never had, like – playoff football there or at least not often that place is loud and rocking oh. and boy what, yeah, a, what a home field wow <laughs> well know? i mean 32 years of built-up frustration without winning well, one of these things you I know mean, what i mean like, like these folks have been waiting on this for a while detroit detroit uh detroit uh fans they'll get out i mean I'm, i knew that from following the pistons from the bad boy era and then they had the kind of the no-name era where they won titles and, and those those basketball crowds are crazy um mm-hmm. and you know the tigers have done what they do every now and then they'll pop up but uh you know for the lions boy it's it, that franchise just long suffering trust me it, it, if there's one in this division in, in the north 
the the uh, the, the Bears kind of look down on it, it's the Lions, and the Bears of course beat them by two touchdowns in one of the games this year, and blew a lead in Detroit in the other one. So they the Bears did pretty well against them this year, but uh, they're kind of like the Vanderbilt of that division. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so for for them to be winning and then of course the nfl is designed for parity and they've been drafting really well for the last few years they've really you know every time the draft came around like oh they added this piece that piece they had the 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 testicular fortitude to trade away matt stafford for jared goff mm-hmm. and that's worked that's actually worked out for both the rams and the lions pretty well uh they got good backs good receivers uh, st brown's a stud they've done well on the you know it's it's a good but they're well team. they're well coached they take on the personality yeah. of their head football coach. Oh, Dan Campbell's the man. Dude. He's, he's something. A, he's a man's man. You know. Yes, he is. Uh, yeah. It'll be a good coaching matchup between him and Shanahan on on, on Sunday. Yeah. I, do I think they'll beat the 49ers? I think it's going to be tough for anybody to beat the 49ers. If you want to be honest about it, uh, maybe the Ravens if they play like wonderful defense against them and Lamar Jackson gets loose. But I, I it's going to be difficult. Now, who am I pulling for? Definitely the Lions because. You know, as I've told everybody, I'm surprisingly surprised myself going to Vegas Super Bowl weekend. I want to hang out with the Lions fans, dude. I mean, that's a that's a that's a that's a fan base you don't get to hang out with too often, right? It's not like yeah. it's not like Cowboys fans where they're everywhere, uh, or or even here in Chicago, there's a bunch of Packers fans, like obstinate people that just want to be opposite pull for the Packers. Yeah. yeah. But the Lions, I mean, that, that, that'd be a cool kind of fan base to, you know, to, to kind of party with pregame. And, you know, Lions, Lions, uh, Lions Chiefs would be my spectacle that I want, you know, but it'll probably end up being Ravens and 49ers. So, <laughs> uh, would you be good? Cause it, it, maybe the ticket prices drop. And if for some reason I got in, I'd love to see Debbie and Clowney in the Super Bowl. That would be amazing. But, uh, that would be neat. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's, yeah, the NFL playoffs, man, have not disappointed me the last three or four years. They've been just good football good. games all over and over. Uh, so hats off to that league, you know, I mean, I, Sometimes Sundays it, it's hard to get into it every single Sunday, but uh, and I'll be honest about that. But boy, the playoffs are just great football drama. The, um, the if you're a Gamecock fan, you're probably pulling for the Ravens and the 49ers. That would mean that a Gamecock is guaranteed a Super Bowl ring. Uh, but uh, I'm pulling for the Lions, so we'll, we'll see if they can get there. We'll get more into that as the week moves along. We need to move along with this segment. John Whittle is waiting patiently. Uh, And on the other side of the break, we'll dive into South Carolina's win in Arkansas this weekend. It was a big one, and there's a big, big, big one on deck tomorrow night at Colonial Life Arena. So all of that, plus Gamecock baseball set to get on the field this upcoming weekend, as well as they begin practice and try to get to Omaha here in 2024. We'll check in with Mark Kingston's program. We've got some football stuff. Pete Limbo is on the move, certainly Excited to get uh, J.C.'s thoughts on the direction of the program now that he has departed. What will Shane Beamer do to once again have to restructure this staff? And as I mentioned, John's got a column up about the big one on Thursday night between uh, Carolina and LSU in Baton Rouge. So John Whittle's going to spend a bunch of time with us. We hope you will, too. Hang tight. Inside the Gamecocks, the show built by the Barn Dominium Co. We'll be right back. Down here in the south. We don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a southern tailgate. 
And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in southern soil, are crafted by southern hands, and proudly represent the South in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Gypsy Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the South. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. Magnum, Velotric, Aventon Bikes, and more. And they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle help you handle the southern heat better but still get great exercise. Bikes are available all ages and sizes. ElectricBikesCharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Hey Gamecock Nation, my name is Kyle, longtime listener of the show and avid golfer. I wanted to take my game to the next level, but let's face it, golf is a hard game to learn on your own. I heard the ad from McKellar Enterprises and reached out to the owner and former Gamecock golfer, Meredith Taylor. In just two months of working with Meredith, I shot my lowest round ever, and I've never felt more confident in my golf game. So if you're looking to take your game to the next level, go to McKellarEnterprises.org and book your lesson today with former Gamecock golfer, Meredith Taylor. Go Gamecocks. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Not today, sweetie. One heart's breaking while another one is mending. It's all in the ebb and flow. If I had to, I could go it alone. Because you've become my home. These windows could shut into the ground. These walls could fall right down. This is Zachary Davis from Carolina Hoops, and you're watching the show with JB, JC, and Phil. Gonna do the Johnson with the crossover. Off the glass, it is. Deep three for Johnson. Gamecock Traditions has got your quarter zips. Make sure you've got them on tomorrow because Carolina and Kentucky will clash at 7 o'clock at Colonial Life Arena. Welcome back inside the Gamecocks 
the show, powered by our friends at Electric Bikes of Charleston, electricbikescharleston.com. John Whittle joining us from Columbia, South Carolina, habitual chief app user. John Whittle joining us from Columbia, the big spur. Real quick, though, only wear your quarter zip if it's black because it's blackout tomorrow night. That's right. Somebody somebody get Kevin Lucas on the horn. Kevin, if you're watching or listening, how many quarter zips, how many black quarter zips are in stock right now at Gamecock Tradition? Somebody find Scott Satterfield. We got to. We got to sell them out. How about that? Yeah, we get down there tomorrow because I do own a black quarter zip. I'd be appropriately dressed and ready to go. There we yeah. go. That's perfect. What do you think about what do you think about that? John is the uh, is the blackout jinx uh, basketball thing too, or just football? I, I don't think so. I'm not sure exactly what a blackout in a basketball arena might look like. Mm. Um, might look empty. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> we'll we'll see uh but they'll have their they'll have their white rally towels out there too so there's gonna be some contrast so maybe maybe lamont goes with the the white quarter zip then so he stand out he's the head coach you know you don't want you don't want to blend in uh, kind of like the signal callers over there on the football sidelines wearing their neon green hats yeah <laughs> Maybe Lamont will be a neon green. <laughs> there we go. Neon green quarters it. <laughs> That's how bad, how bad the Kurt Roper two-year era was at Carolina. Everybody hated the guy in the green hat. Nobody even knew his name. The signal guy. They're like, that guy's terrible. I don't even know how you evaluate his job. But, I mean, I and I started to agree. I got so upset. I, was, I started I was like, yeah, that guy sucks. Get rid of him. Get rid of him. Yeah. I didn't even know what I was talking about. I was like, yeah, yeah, get, him, get his ass out of here, too, while you're at it. Anyway. John, uh, from my understanding here is, and I just pulled it up to make sure that I was right, uh, there's there's maybe maybe only a couple hundred tickets left tomorrow night. It, it's more than likely going to be a sellout, if not pretty darn close to it. The question is, how many of them are in blue? Uh, as we all well know, Kentucky will travel – and they travel well, and they always travel well to this game, too. So, hopefully not a bunch of them, but I got a feeling there will be enough Kentucky fans there to make it loud if they get going. Oh, yeah. You're, you're going to hear them. Big Blue Nation travels well for, for hoops, and part of that reason is they can't get tickets in Rupp Arena. So, it's easier to, uh, easier to get them on the road. So, it's um, certainly uh, going to be a pretty packed house tomorrow. Um, there have been pleas on our message board, and I'm sure out there in other social media places to uh, not sell your tickets to Kentucky fans. So we'll see. We'll see how well that works. I will say, I will say that uh, <clears throat> this past year at Williams Bryce was about the fewest Clemson fans I ever saw at a yeah. uh, South Carolina Clemson football game. So you know, maybe South Carolina fans are, are figuring it out not to uh, sell to sell to the uh, folks from the opposing team. Well, that would be a that'd be a nice, you know. That's, yeah. a, that's a good. And, and I, I wasn't there. I'm just going off TV. But Tennessee, the Tennessee win two years ago, 2022, it kind of surprised me because I thought the Vols would have a just massive truckload of like like early 2000s style Tennessee crowd at Williams Bryce, and really didn't seem like they did. I don't know. You guys correct me if I'm wrong. On yeah, that. but uh, no, there there it, wasn't a ton of Tennessee fans. Yeah, I mean there, like there, a there were. were. Like there were, yeah, no, no more than 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 we've had this decade. It used to be Tennessee would bring Tennessee and Georgia would bring twelve, fifteen thousand, but yeah. those days are over. I mean, it's yeah. like eight at most. So yeah. and for football yeah. at least, but yeah. So hopefully, uh, 
the CLA is rocking. Um, oh, it will be. Week. I mean, it, yeah, here in Columbia. Yeah, I did I mean, that what, for you, John. I did that for you, buddy. Hoops <laughs> Columbia. Yeah, yeah, that's very nice. No, that's it's worse. the worst headline uh, I've ever had, according to Whittle. Because uh, I wrote this like Hoops Lumbia story about how good the men and women were doing one year, and he's like, "That's terrible, dude. Don't ever do that again." And so now, yeah. so now it's kind of a rutted joke. Hoops Lumbia. And I did that because you know the two big game, two very big games for both programs this week, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a. And I mentioned that earlier that John's actually got a column up previewing the uh, LSU South Carolina women's game, uh, which we'll get to in just a little bit. But let's let's rewind the clock to Saturday, uh, John. You know, <laughs> I mean, look here we go. Right when they hit shots, they win games. I mean, because they're really good defensively. They're the best team in the league defensively by the numbers. And um, but Saturday was was really unique uh, in the fact that not only were they hitting shots, they moved the basketball so well. I think there are 12 field goals in the first half. Remind me if I'm off on this, but of the 12 they hit in the first half, I'm pretty sure 10 of those were assisted. That's unbelievable. It, it, it is unbelievable, and it goes back to what the team kind of looked like early early in the year yep. when they were you know moving the ball well and, and hitting shots. And you know, so much of this, so much of the last few weeks or even a month where they haven't been hitting shots like they were early in the year, they've been getting good ones. Now there have been some times where they've pressed a little bit and taken some bad shots, but they've, they've largely gotten good shots that they've just missed. And, you know, I, I, it probably seemed a little bit like I was coming down on, on BJ Mack last week for, you know, pointing out his struggles specifically more than maybe anybody else uh, from in terms of his three point shooting, but, you know, I'll give him more more the credit than I probably should this week for for making those shots, um, you know, against Arkansas. Knocked down three three-pointers in the first half, and, boy, all three of those were pure, weren't they? I mean, those things just, as, as the commentator said, I think it was Dave Neal just ripped the net. I mean, beautiful shots. And, you know, that, that really got South Carolina off to a great start and, and going in the right direction. So, you know, I – Credit, big credit to BJ, but credit to those guys for for knocking down shots against Arkansas better than they have been lately. It was it was a uh, by far their best SEC performance in my opinion, and and I thought they were I thought they were great. Yeah, I, it it the starters were eight for eleven from long range. For those that uh, haven't looked at the box score, in addition to BJ going three of four from outside, Michi was two of three. Talon didn't miss one. He was three of three, and Zach Davis. Did miss one. Also, the starters ten of thirteen uh, from the free throw line, and and so you know, I it was it was one of those wins where John, you could just keep going down the list and and giving everybody kind of a pat on the back. Um, you really could because Colin Murray Boyles played exceptional in the ball game. Talon Cooper is just he's just a special basketball player. I mean, I don't really know how to explain this at this point in time. Uh, Michi, seven boards, eight points, a, a workmanlike game for him. Didn't score a bunch of points, but he was all over the place making things happen. Um, and then, you know, and then, hey, man, how about Josh Gray? I mean, Josh Gray comes at last year. He had 20 to 14 boards against these cats. He had four uh, points early in the game, which was six, had a couple of assists, had four boards. They need Josh Gray. And they need him tomorrow because Kentucky's got a seven foot two guy who's now eligible to play walking in. Got to have somebody with some size who at least can maybe stand in front of them from time to time. So very well done, very well done. And I want to, in addition to that, I was fearful, John, going into the game 
about Arkansas because they've struggled early every year, seemingly under Eric Musselman, but then they get it going and they don't slow down. And they got it going against A&M, and you're kind of thinking, mm, man, Carolina's coming off that loss. You, you, you know, what's going to happen here? South Carolina punched them in the mouth, and they just kept punching. Absolutely. And that that was kind of what I was a little bit nervous about, too, for this team is, you know, Arkansas has talent, really talented players, and they just haven't really come together yet. And we've talked about that a, a time or two here is, you know, when you, when you live in the transfer portal like that and bring in – you know, all these all, all these dudes who have, you know, been option 1A for their other teams and, and, and whatever else, you know, sometimes they come together and, and sometimes they don't. And, you know, we've seen it in, in all sports, football, basketball, baseball, whatever. When you, when you live in the transfer portal, you can really hit, but you can also miss. And, you know, this might be the year that Musselman misses. Maybe, maybe this team doesn't come together. Maybe it comes together late. You know, it looked like Tennessee baseball for a while. Uh, last year wasn't wasn't going to come <clears throat> come together and do it after having uh, probably the best transfer portal class that I've I've seen, and they, you know they were awful for 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 a long stretch last year until towards the end, and you know they 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 got it going, and maybe that Arkansas team doesn't, and maybe maybe this team maybe this win will look better later in the season than it does right now because they they didn't play great, but South Carolina played awesome, and uh, and like you said, everybody had a hand in it. You you can throw in Stephen Clark and. And Morris Ugasuk as well. Every everybody scored on, on Saturday, and you know, to your point, Josh Gray, um, there there is a role for him on the team, and I think people need to realize, you know, kind of what that is, and not not have the uh, expectation that he's going to come out and 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 be like prime time Dwight Howard or or you know pick a guy like pick a guy like that. Like he is a defensive guy who's going to block shots. He's going to commit some fouls. He's going to commit some dumb fouls. Uh, he's going to drop the ball from time to time. Like that's just what he is, but he's going to be a defensive force and he's going to grab you some rebounds. And, you know, if he, if he, uh, you know, cuts down the lane and catches a pass and finishes at the rim, like he did uh, against uh, the Razorbacks and, you know what? You you smile and think, all right, that's that's a good one for him right there. And uh, you know, it's it's just what he is. So you know, he's got a role on this team, and and he's going to go out there and probably commit four fouls on on Tuesday night against uh, uh, against their big seven foot two guy. And you know what? That's going to be that's going to be helpful. So you know, it's uh, it, he's got to go out there and be a little bit physical with him. BJ Mack's going to be on him a little bit. Uh, to, to bang around down low a little bit. Uh, Colin Murray Boyles is going to be on him some and provide a little bit of athleticism uh, against him. Um, so, you know, they're going to have to attack him in different ways. And at least for South Carolina's um, standpoint, I saw somebody in the in the chat box earlier say, of course, Kentucky would just now get their guy eligible. At least there's a game on tape now to look at. <laughs> got, got to see what he looked like against, against Georgia and, you know, some things that you can do uh, against him. So, you know, I, I think uh, I think South Carolina will be as prepared as they can be because that guy was really, really good. Yeah, he was really good. Mike Morgan called the game against the Dogs this weekend. Mike's coming up at noon, uh, so we'll get uh, we'll get a very good look at this cat and the entire Kentucky basketball program from our from our friend, the Golden Tones of the great Mike Morgan. Yeah. Um, so now you've got so now John. All right. So with Kentucky coming to town. Uh, the last 10 contests at Colonial Life Arena are dead even, five and five. Carolina's clipped them uh, quite a few times over the years in, 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 uh, at home. 
And of course, last year they went up there and clipped them in uh, in Rupp Arena too. I, I doubt that's been forgotten by some of those guys, most notably uh, John Calipari. But um, I, so there, as of today, you know, if you go look at Lenardi and all that stuff, because hey, look, embrace it. If somebody asks me, what would, embrace it, man. Carolina does not get to do this every year. Be talking about all this stuff at the level which you can right now in January. Embrace this tournament. Uh, type talk they're in the low 60s i think 61 in the net ken palm i think is a little bit lower um they have another road win in the league road wins are always good wins that was a quad two win this weekend so i think they're five and two in quad one quad two opportunities which is really good but john the question i have for you is how much does a signature win matter on your resume like at the end of the year, if the record's good enough, nine and nine in the league or something like that, how much how important is it to have that signature win on the resume? Because I'm not sure they've got this they've got good wins. I'm not sure they've got the signature win. This one certainly would qualify. Yeah, you know, I I'm not sure how much you you uh, the the committee evaluates uh, you know one win in in late January. Um, I mean, it's it's a good question. It, but anytime you can beat Kentucky, regardless of where it is, that's going to be be a little bit eye catching. So, you know, I, I do think that the committee typically does a good job in, in basketball of looking at the the totality of the resume. But certainly, certainly, there's always going to be a column of of uh, you know good wins and bad losses. And the more good wins you can have in there, Kentucky would certainly qualify. The more the more good wins you have in there, the more attractive that resume is because. You know, this, but there's going to be a lot of opportunities there for for the Gamecocks. You know, I don't feel like this is necessarily something that that uh, you know is, is a is a must win from a resume standpoint. Like this isn't Gonzaga playing playing a really good team and like right before a terrible conference schedule or, or something like that. Like South Carolina's going to have a lot more opportunities to to get those those big wins that would appear in that you know big win column. Uh, so I, I, I think it's certainly uh, certainly a big deal to be able to come out and, and play well, and, and uh, a win would certainly go a long way. John Whittle with the big spur. The Gamecocks after this one will host Missouri and then back-to-back road trips at Tennessee and at Georgia before coming home to host, host Ole Miss. There are no weaknesses this year. With the, I think the must-wins, honestly, the must-wins are against the bad teams. Don't don't yeah. have a bad loss. Is that fair? Like don't don't lose to Vanderbilt. Don't get beat by Missouri on your own floor next week. Like those are the must wins if you ask me. But nobody. Has. Yeah, I mean, I I think there's certainly something to be said for that. And and you know, the SEC is going to get some uh, a good number of teams in, into the tournament. And how you do against some of those middle teams too is is going to you know really determine what things look like. Like an Ole Miss, for example. Um, you know, South Carolina's got Ole Miss at home. You know, in in February, I, I think it is, and you know, it's uh, that that's going to be a big game. Like that, that to me is is a is a bigger must win kind of thing than than maybe Kentucky is. Like you're going to be you're not going to be battling Kentucky for an NCAA tournament berth, but you might be battling Ole Miss for one. 
So, you know, the, the wins, the wins against those teams that are kind of in the middle, those, those probably handful of teams that are going to be vying for, you know, two or three spots in, in the NCAA tournament. Those are going to be, be ones that are, are really big for this team. Cause I mean, you love to beat Auburn. That'd be great. But Auburn's going to be in the tournament. Same with Tennessee. Same with Kentucky. Like it's it's going to be some of these other ones that that you've got to against the middle middle of the pack that you've got to really win. I agree. Florida, Ole Miss. You got Ole Miss twice in February. Uh, you go back to Georgia. I certainly don't think you just forfeit that game because of what oh, happened no. in Columbia. A and M is on the road. That's going to be very tough. But got to go uh, to Mississippi State at the end of the year. Yeah, a lot of blue South, collar games. South huh? Carolina yeah. can get okay. So if they can finish five hundred, being realistic here, if they can finish, um, you know, four and four this month, the seven conference games in February are a lot less. I mean, the toughest ones at Auburn. There's no Tennessee. There's no Alabama. There's no Kentucky. Um, you got Ole Miss twice. Georgia again. Um, you know, that kind of thing. And so I, yeah, I don't know. I think, uh, there's a chance to get on a roll then. And then I think it's, uh, to close it out, it's Florida, Tennessee at home, but then at Mississippi state in March. So that's, uh, you're absolutely right, John. I, I, I don't, the season's not over if Kentucky comes in here and wallops the game. <laughs> no, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, it's, keep that zero in the no bad loss column. Like they don't yeah. have any bad losses. Keep that yeah. zero there. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You don't eventually Missouri is going to win a game in the conference. Okay. Cause they're too good not to, they're good. They're just, Oh, and whatever they just, they've just lost. Right. They're a good basketball team. So you don't want like to put all this into Kentucky and then it maybe doesn't go your way or maybe you win. You know, maybe you win, you pull an upset, everybody's talking about how good you are, and then Missouri comes to town and spanks you. It's going to kind of diminish, you know, the progress you've made. So yeah. I agree with you, John, completely on that. Well, you wonder, you wonder about Missouri right now. They, they, they've they lost eight of nine, five in a row. It's it's getting a little – getting 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 out – getting away from them up there, you know, so, so you don't know where things are. John uh, – because you put the column up, I'll, I'll touch on it briefly, and as the week goes along, we'll, we'll look a little bit more at this game. But, um, but yeah, South Carolina LSU on on Thursday down in Baton Rouge, number one on the road at number 10, 8 o'clock, ESPN from the Pete Maravich Center. Got college game day that's going to be there. Uh, LSU's been a little vocal lately. You know, hey, yeah, we've been paying attention. You know, we circled this game a long time ago, and, Kind of paraphrasing here, but basically telling everybody, yeah, we're ready to go. Uh, Don's team's ready to go, too. Their last two SEC opponents, they've beaten them by an average of 98.5 to 50. And um, and if, the, if I've learned anything about Don Staley coach teams over the years, as I pointed out with Phil or, or at the top of the program, uh, there is nobody bigger than that name that's on the front. Nobody. That, not Asia Wilson, not Leah Bott, none of them. It doesn't seem that way down in Baton Rouge. You know, it seems like maybe Kim's got it under control a little bit, but but they've had some issues down there, and uh, so I'm anxious to see what this one looks like. Yeah, and and I'm I'm certain that y'all will have Clonnie or, or somebody on later this week oh, yeah. to, to to give a much better preview than than I ever could. But you know, that's that's certainly something that Dawn has done a great job of. You know, even going back to her first year here. Remember, I think it was her first year, maybe her second year when. When Kelsey Bone 
the number one recruit in the country came to play here and just didn't fit in. And, you know, there were rumblings that maybe she was a little bit bigger than the program or, or, or what have you. And she ended up leaving and, and the team ended up being fine. And the program certainly can continue to take off. But Dawn does a phenomenal job of, of being sure that players understand their roles and, and that they're not, maybe they're not comfortable in their roles, but they accept their roles. And, and, uh, you know, I, I think she just does a great job of bringing, bringing the team together each year. And, you know, LSU is probably, uh, probably, uh, a little different over there this year. There's, there were certainly some, some team dynamic issues early, but, you know, one player's gone and, and Angel Reese is back and, you know, they've, they've lost a couple of games, but they've won a lot of games in a, in a major way. Like they've, They've uh, won 11 games by 30 or more points out of their out of their 18 wins, and that's a that's a big number right there. South Carolina's won 10 by more than 30 points, but you know, 11 wins out of 18 by 30 points that's 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 huge. Yeah, well, uh, if Carolina beats them, the game the, for LSU, what you want to pay attention to is what happens next Sunday at Mississippi State. You know, they're putting all their eggs in this basket, and sometimes that affects the next one. So we'll. We'll see. You're right. Cloninger will be in later on, and we'll get more into that ball game. John, thoughts on Pete Limbo departing for the job at Buffalo? He is there, the Buffalo's new head coach, or Buff, Bulls, the Bulls, Buffalo's, the Bulls' <laughs> new head coach at Buffalo. Um, you know, good, good for him. Good for him. You know, I didn't. There, honestly, there's been chatter the last couple of off seasons that you know he was in line for head coaching jobs, and and uh, you know somebody might pull the trigger on him, and 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 what have you, and. You know, I didn't really hear as much, you know, this past offseason about him potentially being in the running for anything. So, you know, I thought South Carolina was going to be be uh, be good for another year uh, with him. And they weren't. But, you know, he's he's wanted to be a head coach again and he wanted to have the right opportunity. He thinks he's found it. And, and, and good for him on that. Uh, he, he did a, uh, a, an incredible job here at, at South Carolina, um, you know, from a special team standpoint, but also from a recruiting standpoint and also just being kind of a sounding board for, for Shane. You know, Pete's obviously very experienced in, in all of this and, uh, you know, has, has a lot of wisdom and perspective on, on football. So, you know, Shane obviously has that in his dad. But, you know, sometimes it's nice to, to hear a little bit of a different voice, too, that, that you haven't always heard. So, you know, Pete, Pete was uh, awesome for, for the Gamecocks. Uh, certainly wish him the best up in Buffalo. Um, he's going to need more than a quarter zip to, to stay warm up there. Um, but but, uh, but good, good for him. And, you know, I'm, I know that J.C. will probably have a lot more nuggets on which way South Carolina is going to go with this kind of thing. But, you know, they, they're going to have some options on – on what they can do, you know, whether they want to hire another special teams coordinator and, and, uh, you know, operate that way or whether they want to hire a, a defensive coach and, you know, split up special team coordinator duties or Shane wants to pull in urban Meyer and, and coach special teams by himself or, or, or whatever he wants to do. Like there's, there's options out there for him. You know, they've put together some, some, uh, put out some good coaches, you know, Stanton Weber, uh, up at Toledo, he was here for two years, uh, under Pete Limbo and, and uh, you know, did a really nice job here to get the on-field job up at Toledo. Uh, Joe Bowen at Miami of Ohio can coach some special teams, but also coaches linebackers. He was a, uh, a grad assistant here. Um, 
And, you know, that those are a couple of ways he could go, but he could also, you know, shoot for the moon, try to hire the best special teams coach out there. He could shoot for the moon and try to bring in Zach Arnett or, or whatever he wants to try to do. So he's going to have some some options of, of uh, you know, different different paths that he could take on on how he wants to handle this hire. Let me throw something at you and JC real quick. I want to, I want to, you're right. I want certainly want JC's um, thoughts and opinions on this. And maybe you've already heard. And forgive me, anybody on the Gamecock coaching staff that may be watching this. I'm not saying any of this is true. It, it's, I know sometimes Shane restructures things. We just saw it with, with Justin Stepp moving to tight ends. Any chance at all that a guy like, Clayton White, who was a special teams coordinator for seven years, gets slid, slid over to take over, and then they hire a, de- a defensive coordinator or anything. I'm not I'm not trying to kick up a dust here. Don't, don't misunderstand. Any, any chance of that? Oh, that's that's going to be on the message board here real soon. <laughs> Jamie Bradford says, Shayton, <laughs> Clayton White. Shayton White. <laughs> Just for what it's worth, Phil, Phil was going to ask the question, but he was scared to. I told him I would do it in his honor. So yeah, that actually came from the brain of Phil. I'm trying to keep my nose clean on the boards, you know. I just kind of fly under the radar. I thought, I about, I thought about the same thing. I was looking back at Clayton White's history, and he's certainly um, coached special teams before. Beamer obviously has a background in it. I'm going to say this. It, it would nothing of None of the scenarios we've mentioned here would surprise me. Um, including going and getting Stan Weber or somebody that was here before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, w- would it surprise me if you go get a, a name to come in and coach defense and have co-coordinators or something and Clayton starts focusing on special teams? Would, would that surprise me? No. Would it surprise me? Would it how surprise hard, me? How if, hard would that be to do, though, man? You Players? and How do you have that conversation? Depends on who's calling it, calling the defense. I mean, you, you got – see – like you, the way they do it normally, they'll bring in a coach and they'll call him the assistant head coach for defense. That's what that's the Coach Spurrier thing, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, Ellis Johnson was that. <laughs> Lorenzo Ward, technically the defensive, he had the title defensive coordinator, but Ellis ran the defense. You know, <laughs> I mean that's uh, you still get your title and your money and all that, but it's uh, and I've seen a lot of schools go in that direction. Oh, he's, he's just uh, and and you have to get mine too. Now that Limbo's gone, the associate head coach position is open as well. That was Limbo was mm-hmm. the, uh, that's the guy, kind of like the the um, the dude that wherever they have the state of the union that, that sits back like a cabinet member that doesn't go in case the whole place gets bombed and he's <laughs> next in line. Uh, there was a whole show with Ke- Kiefer Sutherland about that. The um, first season was awesome. The second two seasons, it, yeah, it, it yeah, just kind of. Yeah. It yeah, died for me that. after that first one, but way, uh, way down the toilet. But, but yeah. th- that's kind of the associate head coach. If something if something happens and Shane Beamer cannot be there, uh, Pete Limbo is going to coach the team. So now you got to have that designate designated survivor. You got to have the designated survivor now of Gamecock football. Uh, of Gamecock the designated football. survivor. Of <laughs> so, so I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what you do. I mean, maybe maybe Clayton becomes the designated survivor and co-special. I mean, but, but then again, you know, at the end of the day. Having watched Beamer make tweaks to his staff <laughs> and, and hire his original staff, I, I think you're you're looking at if you, if you're one that wants to blow it all up, and I know a lot of you do. I'm not saying you're wrong, but I'm not saying you're right. Uh, we blow things up around here, and look at where it's gotten everybody in 140 years of football. So 
Maybe try something different. I don't know. Uh, but those of you that want to blow it up, I think the most you're probably going to get, my opinion, this is my opinion, I could be wrong, is you'll get a guy to coach linebackers that's also a special teams guy. And, and, and instead of having a walk-around special teams coordinator, you'll have a walk-around defensive coordinator. And uh, linebacker special teams dude will work with Beamer and whoever else coaching teams. And it'll be kind of a, a, a by-committee thing. Uh, and then the associate head coach will be somebody else. Name your guy, Dowell Loggins, somebody like that. Satorian Gray, somebody like that. So that that's kind of my – or he may not fill the associate head coach role because sometimes you don't do that either. So, um, anyway. We'll see. There we'll you see. Go. It's uh, – yeah, I mean, he's he's got options. I think the least – I think the, the, the thing that he would probably consider last, this is just my personal thoughts on it, or – himself coach beamer coaching the special teams i think he wants to be would y'all agree with that i think he, he he's gonna hire somebody i don't, I don't think he's gonna I don't, I don't know if I'd agree with that I, I don't know if i'd agree with that like i mean he's he's said a couple of times uh especially when limbo was hired but even since then like he said i'll i'll coach but i was gonna coach special teams unless i could hire the best guy in the country out there but i got oh. pete limbo so i don't need to do it and you know, okay. he can't, if he can't do that then I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think it's that far fetched. I, I think. I think the most far fetched thing is is uh, demoting Clayton White that much and and, yeah, make, so. and, and coach special teams. Um, you know, if you bring in a, another coach or whatever uh, to help on the defensive side of the ball, or even a co coordinator, I, I don't think you shift Clayton White over there. I, I think Shane would probably still run special teams. If you if you demote Clayton White, you basically you've neutered him. You've basically fired him. Um, and, and I, I don't, obviously, uh, I agree with you. obviously he doesn't want to, uh, do that or else he would have moved on from Clayton by now. So I, I don't think that'll happen. I think it's, I think he's either gonna, gonna hire a, um, special teams coach or hire a defensive coach and, and himself coach special teams. And I, I can see too, like urban Meyer coached special teams at Florida, but he urban had like the punt block, and field goal block team, they were pretty damn salty too. Uh, yeah. And then so and then another co- other coaches would take the other teams like kickoff and stuff like that. And that, that's usually the way you do it. I mean, even though Limbo was coaching the special teams, when you go to special teams, the, the rest of the coaches don't just sit there and have a lemonade and watch. They, they coach. Uh, they all have their like the one of them would coach Gunners or whatever and all that. John likes that word Gunners. It's his team, Arsenal. But, um, you know, yeah, Coach Gunners, Returners. You know, I know Step worked with the Returners, you know, for example. So uh, it, it's usually a team effort to begin with. So uh, just your guy coordinated it's the one that comes up with all the plays and stuff. And the question I would have is it was such an advantage when Limbo had personnel on, on, on in special teams. I know this year they didn't do much, but it was personnel related. Limbo is just more – he's more gifted than anybody I've ever seen at – recognizing tendencies and exploiting those tendencies on yeah. special teams. Yeah. He's almost like a Steve Spurrier on special teams. Uh, just the high percentage of times it worked out, you know, it usually doesn't work out every time, but, and it's because he put in the work scouting and looking and I mean, they really, you know, you got one guy and that's his job. He's going to have the resources and hours to do it. Whereas I don't know if a head coach with all that he's got to do, will have the time to put in like a Pete Limbo. Yeah. Well, let's not forget what was it six or eight years ago where they they added a new coach to the staff like 
you're you're <laughs> right now you're operating at, at what you were operating at just a, just a handful of years ago. So, um, you know, we're we're acting like the defense is, you know, with, with, with limbo coaching, just special teams and not having a, an extra set of defensive hands over there. You know, we act like, you know, the, the staff was the defensive staff was, you know, coaching with a hand tied behind their back because they didn't have another body. But we've we've only had, uh, you know, a half dozen years with this many assistant full-time assistants out there. And there's, there's more uh, analysts and graduate assistants and, and whatever available than there's ever been before. So, you know, there's, there's ways to, uh, you know, split up special teams and, and not have too big of a fall off. As JC said, you know, Pete Limbo was a Steve Spurrier type special teams coordinator, but he can still be really good at special teams and, and not have a, uh, a special teams only coach, in my opinion. Well, Pete Limbo departing certainly guarantees this. There will be four new faces coaching in different places on the Gamecock staff this year. John, one Final minute here before we let you run. Carolina baseball will open practice this week. They will scrimmage Friday at uh, 3 o'clock, Saturday at 2 o'clock, and then again Sunday at 1 o'clock. If anybody would like to get out and watch them, you can. It is open to the public. What are you going to be keeping your keeping your eyes on this week as they begin their uh, their quest for Omaha here in 24? Uh, pitching staff. I mean, Roman Kimball will be ready to go. Look forward to seeing him. Obviously, um, you know, there's there's so much from a pitching standpoint that that I want to see. Um, and this is this is uh, the time when they kind of separate themselves into you know who's going to start out pitching in big roles and who's going to have to work their way up. So, um, you know, you uh, that that's that's the biggest deal for me is what is what happens there with those guys. And you know, mentioned last Monday or, or no last Thursday maybe it was. You know, Ethan Ethan Petrie's playing a little third base right now, so I want to see how he looks over there. I. Anxious to see how he looks over there too. That that is how how is uh, I guess we'll find out. But I mean, what, have you heard anything about Tal? How, how's Tal's hamstring doing? Uh it's it's just okay. It's just okay. He's not he's not full go on on uh, anything yet. So, um, but yeah, that's for those in the comments. That's that's my dog. He just sees somebody walking down the street. So sorry about that. But, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, yeah, he uh, I. Ethan was very good last fall at third base defensively. I, I, I say that he he was good enough uh, at third base defensively. He, he's not an all star. He's not going to win any Gold Gloves, but he's better than Tommy Tanks was over there at third base. And oh. Ethan's bat will be uh, Ethan's bat will. Be, Tom, Tommy Tanks is awful over yeah. there from a, yeah. from a defensive standpoint. Ethan's Ethan's much better than that, and you know his bat will make up for you know any any uh, miscues he has. I think so. It, it'll it'll definitely be an option should Talmadge not be healthy. Can't wait, Carolina baseball getting close. We are under a month away from the first pitches being thrown at Founders Park against Miami of Ohio. Uh, John, it's going to be a busy week for you, my man. Tomorrow, uh, the Cats will be in. We know that you'll be in Colonial Life Arena uh, covering the ball game, and then baseball coming up later on this week and all this football stuff. I know you said you're going to pass the baton to JC and those guys and just let them do all the football, but you know you can't do that because you're too good of a writer. So good luck getting some sleep. Uh, we certainly appreciate all you do. Absolutely. Appreciate you guys having me. There you go. The great John Whittle Thanks, with BigSpur.com. We are out of time. It is hour one in the books. Amen. Yeah,
Hoops Lumbia. Hoops Lumbia. Lumbia. Well, I've no, I'll never live that down. Man. No. It was a bad headline. It was what the hell was I thinking? Come on. Yes. Yeah, it's not a good headline. It's terrible. It's all right. That's all right. I normally am pretty good at stuff like that. But not, not I mean, we all but have weaknesses. To, yeah, you spend yeah. most of your time like looking at the headline trying to figure it out. Well, yeah. it's now a Hoops Lumbia week, though, with Kentucky playing the men and LSU playing the women. I mean, it's a Hoops For Lumbia sure. time. Hoops. Time of the year. I'm only going to bring this out on special occasions, folks. That's right. It's like the bagpipes. You only play those on special occasions. Well, they, you know, it's called the capital city. We just go with uh, the hoops capital of the world, Hoop City, USA. I don't know. I don't, know. We, I don't think that they need our help coming up with. Just keep winning. It'll it'll, it'll work itself yeah, out. Right. Right. <laughs> call it all whatever right. they want to. Now that we got all that in, uh, we will step aside. Hour one is in the books. The golden tones of the great Mike Morgan are ahead. Plenty. Want to get JC's thoughts on the new hires as well after hearing them speak. Uh, just a couple of days ago. James Coley, hey, man, you have to talk louder. We can't hear you. Uh, pretty good press conferences, though, on Friday. And uh, a deep dive on Kentucky basketball as well. Inside the Gamecocks, though, brought to you today by our friends at Gamecock Traditions. Gamecocktraditions.com to have it delivered to your doorstep. We'll be right back. Welcome home. That's what the Gamecocks say. And so does the Barndo Company where they can build your dream home starting as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barn Doe Company. Gamecock. Owned and operated. Down here in the south... We don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in southern soil, are crafted by southern hands, and proudly represent the south in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the South. Michael Campbell arrived at South Carolina in 2003 after growing up in Virginia and was dubbed the Winchester Rifle by Gamecocks great Tommy Moody in the broadcast booth. He left in 2006 a legend. A career 315 hitter and 20th round draft pick of the San Diego Padres, Campbell was first all-time in games played at bats and triples, second all-time in hits with 299 singles and total bases, third all-time in doubles, top 10 in runs scored, and RBI, and he hit 31 home runs in his career for the Gamecocks. Now he's passing his knowledge to the next generation through his business, Soup's Swing Shop. If your son or daughter wants to improve their game, Soup's Swing Shop offers virtual lessons. Mike will connect with you, diagnose your swing, and create a special game plan to help improve it. Call him at 859-414-8240. Email soupsswingshop at gmail.com or find them on social media and on the Chief Sports app. Soup's Swing Shop. Play ball. (laughs) 
Charleston Fitness Equipment is keeping South Carolina in shape. Clients have come from all over the Palmetto State to find that one piece of equipment that they enjoy that keeps them looking and feeling good. Whether it's a home rower, treadmill, elliptical, free weights, a home gym, or something else, Charleston Fitness Equipment keeps the mirror smiling back at you. Get in shape like the Gamecocks do. Visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com. Gamecock owned and operated and proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location, or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go Gamecocks. Cool Joe here. And when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight off the bucket. Mmm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award winning. It'll melt in your mouth. It's good on a cracker. It's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award winning as well. And they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online, nanasporch.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O, signing off. In the summer, go Tiger. For chicken cock, we get a medium to medium plus toast, the char level. We use a number three level char. If you char it too deep, you start burning away some of those flavor components that you just created. If you just char a barrel and you don't toast it, you're going to create some of those flavors just on a thin layer, just inside the char, but not the actual depth and full extent of flavors uh, that you're going to get if you toast it properly. All those elements, that's exactly what they do. They boil down to great flavor. If you're in the real estate market in the low country or even in the Midlands, please contact me, JB, with Coast to Coast Realty SC. Go Gamecocks. This break is presented by Billy G's Carolina Barbecue, the state newspaper's 2023 winner for best catering, best barbecue, and best food truck. Visit BillyG'sCarolinaBarbecue.com for all of your catering needs. Ladies and gentlemen, here it is. Having some issues there, Phil? 
Apparently we did. It just it cut stopped. the national anthem. But I can't believe it cut the national the anthem. Stupid ghost in the machine, man. Communist. It's gotta be Russians have gotten in there and have North Korean with StreamYard. It's a bad, 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 bad. I would bad resume, human. but resume is not an option for me. We'd have to play the entire thing again. Yeah, don't um, worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> and where's Mike? Mike? Mike, Mike was not feeling a hundred percent earlier, but he didn't say anything to me about missing. So, well, that would not be good uh, because uh, Mike knows the drill. When you say you're going to be somewhere, you go. You don't yeah. just not show up. Twelve oh seven here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Uh, apologies for the anthem cutting itself off there, but uh, that every day is brought to you by. Billy G's Carolina Barbecue, BillyG'sCarolinaBarbecue.com for all of your catering needs in the Midlands and across the state of South Carolina where they also have an excellent food truck that can do anything and everything you need it to do whenever you need it to do that, wherever you need that to be. CarolinaBarbecueSauce.com is where you can have some of the best barbecue sauce you'll ever try including their secret spice rub sent right to your doorstep and it makes all of your meals better. We even put it on the veggies, the rub. Barbecue sauce, the sweet heat, Carolina gold, makes all your meals better. Chicken, pork chops, you name it. Barbecue, whatever it may be. Carolina barbecue sauce.com, Billy G's Carolina barbecue.com to order. Tailgating. Y'all going to do like a big tailgate for Carolina baseball? You know, there's all the lots out there, plenty of room. Give them a call. Let them get you set up and ready to go and go and watch the Gamecocks play in underneath a month. All right, uh, inside the Gamecocks, of course, built by the Barndo Co. and served by Chicken Cock Bourbon. It is the Power Hour with Mike Morgan, who is joining us now. Mike with us, Chief, and then, of course, with ESPN. He did call the game this weekend up in Lexington between the Bulldogs and the Kentucky Wildcats. Kentucky will walk into Colonial Life Arena tomorrow night and try to knock off South Carolina, who just did the same thing on the road in Fayetteville over the weekend, taking down Arkansas and giving them their second SEC road victory of the year. Kentucky will be in. We'll see if they're ranked number eight, waiting on those rankings to come out now. Um, but uh, they currently are ranked number eight, 14-3 and three overall, 4-1 and one in the league, and South Carolina will walk in at 15-3 and three and 3-2 three and two in the SEC. There's a bunch of teams that are all right there. Auburn leads the pack at 5-0. and They've got Bama this week, who just dropped their first uh, league game of the year. They're at 4-1. and Tennessee's at 4-1. and Kentucky's at 4-1. and And then South Carolina, Georgia, and LSU all sit at 3-2. and And then Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Florida, and A&M all sit at 2-3. and So everybody is not separated by a whole bunch, and this thing will continue to kind of work itself out uh, over the next few ball games. It is a log jam uh, in the SEC. There's just no, there's no easy, <laughs> you know, there's not, not room to breathe this year in this league. You know, there's some, uh, Phil, Phil mentioned bad losses earlier. I think you, you both, you and Whittle both did, but bad losses. Um, when Arkansas is down, you got to kick them like they did the other day. When Missouri's down Saturday, you got to kick them um, and make sure, because I, I don't, I don't know that these teams have bad players. I mean, I think these teams are just uh, in a rut right now. And so um, that's kind of the scary thing about it if you're Carolina. 
but also uh, the positive thing is that, uh, you know, when you looked at the schedule, I don't think anybody saw the Gamecocks going to Fayetteville and winning, you know, when mm-hmm. you're sitting there trying to figure out what their record was going to be. Probably nobody thought Georgia was going to come to Columbia and win. But, uh, hey, you know, there you go. <laughs> he made that one up with that win in Fayetteville. So, anyway, Mike is here. Hello, Mike. Hey, guys, let me just say, uh, in, in defense of Mad Dog, this is all on me. I uh, I logged in. I went back to the JC and Morgan link. So, so I was backstage for a show that's been off the air for an hour like an idiot. And I'm like, why won't they let me in? They're cutting off the national anthem. Is this a true communist takeover on ITG? <laughs> really? And they know be. they know I'm a patriot, so they weren't going to let me in if they were turned to communist. But no, well, you're... no, just my bad move. Nah, um, it's easy to do. I think I, I did that one day. Like uh, now, I was early before I got into this one, but because we get how this works, Phil sends an email so we can get into this the studio, the stream. It's a stream it's a program called Streamyard, so it looks the same. It's from Phil Mullinax. Says join me on on Streamyard. The, the identical emails, unless you look at the tiny little bit of numbers at the end. The link, yeah. And so yeah, it, that's it. I thought that's what you may have done when you said you were in, and Phil's not seeing you. Yeah, like I'm an idiot. I, what can I tell you? I'm, I'm not. I'm not a smart man, Jenny, but I do know what ITG is. Uh, anyway, no, good to be with you guys. Uh, and yes, uh, I am uh, playing hurt today. And no, Jamie, I would never miss an appointment. Uh, I show up. Oh, I know that. My my streak is intact. I have done. Uh, oh gosh, going back to my uh, Gamecock radio days, I can't tell you how many games I did with borderline laryngitis, where I just had. Uh, no voice, um, uh, coughing, hitting the, the cough button and just coughing in between plays. But I never missed a game due to a, a health issue uh, or any other issue. The only time I ever missed a, a, a game was when I missed a baseball game or two doing a basketball game. But, nope, uh, the show, uh, you, you know, I, I remember my first radio job in Columbus, Georgia, and I was just a young 21-year-old tyke hosting my own afternoon show and doing some play-by-play for minor league ball and high school football. And it was like uh, Memorial Day or something, which is obviously a Monday. And I remember on a Friday asking my my boss, I'm like, so um, holiday, Monday, right? So no no show? And he looked at me and he took a deep breath. He said, Mike, let me tell you something. You've chosen broadcasting as your profession and I think you're quite talented. That's why we hired you. But let me give you a little insight on something. You wouldn't join the police force if you were afraid to operate a gun, would you? And I said, <laughs> uh, no, no, I don't, I don't think so, sir. Well, in this business, Mike, there are no holidays. You are here for a Monday through Friday show, and we expect you here Monday through Friday. I said, all right, I'll see you on Monday. <laughs> Maybe that's why Whittle gives us such a hard time every time we're off for a holiday. That's his mentality. Being yeah. Yeah. You know, and of course, uh, I'm happily married now, but like, you know, you, you go through the, the speech because when you're doing, uh, when you're calling games for a living, you're working almost every weekend, Mike nine ten months out of the year i've scaled back somewhat there was a time i was juggling five knives in the air and i um i didn't have much time off at all and, and you, you meet somebody and you like her and she likes you and you're like 
uh, you know, I, I do work a lot of weekends. And they always say the right, oh, that's okay. I understand. I'm a supporter. I don't know what crazies you've been dating before, but, like, I get that. I have a job, too, you know. Mm. I'm like, okay, but, you know, like, I might not be around for little things like birthdays and anniversaries. <laughs> Christmas and, Eve. And Christmas <laughs> Eve and Thanksgiving and Valentine's and your friend's weddings, which apparently is so important that I go to. For what reason, I have no idea. Just to prove that you also have a significant other, just like their their husbands and boyfriends will be there. And so I went through years and years of that, and they all say the right thing, and it's like, I'm sorry, like I can't do this. You are never friggin' around, and you're having an affair with your job. And I was like, well, yeah, I kind of am. <laughs> Take it or leave it, because I'm not leaving my job. Uh, thankfully, that's not the case anymore. I met somebody who's pretty cool and gets it. But, yeah, you— uh, you have odd hours and different different schedule, and you're on the road a lot. Um, it's it's a different lifestyle, but I I wouldn't trade it for anything. Well, we wouldn't trade you for anything. You know? Nah, get out of here. Just, you know, no. we we uh, we are half clear on air relationship or whatever you want to call us. So um, no, I love it, man. You, you know how much you. I enjoy doing this with you guys. Like this truly is. Uh, you, you folks out there saw the wedding, uh, photos. That's actually the first time I met Jamie and Phil in person. Uh, and obviously JC and I go back a ways, but like, th- this is truly, we say ITG family. That's how I feel. Um, you know, we, we all could be doing other things in this uh, realm. I've had other offers to do other show. I, I there, it was going to take like a unique setup for me to really want to dive back into this. And as you guys have probably figured out, when I dive into something, I don't do anything half-ass. Uh, so it's it's like, I but I love this. I enjoy these days that I'm able to come on. And uh, even this morning, I woke up feeling like crap, like absolute garbage. I get this once, once a year. It's always when it's cold. It's typically in the middle of basketball. And you, you wake up and there's like, and this was the night before, or the morning before, to feel like you swallowed a razor blade. Like, it's just that, mm-hmm. that soreness at the bottom of your throat. And you know it's not getting better. It's You're about to go through some stuff. Um, and then I had a, a morning show commitment at 8.30, and then I had J.C. and Morgan at 10. Great job by Chris Stewart, by the way. And then I had this show, and I'm like, I'm probably not doing my throat any um, favors because I've got two more basketball games this week. But you know what, damn it? It's the power hour. It's ITG. I wasn't about to back down from this, brother. No yeah, way. Yeah, I mean, look, and, and it was with the Gamecock market specifically. I mean, that's just kind of a, a special market, I guess, in terms of you and your popularity. I'll just give you an example. On, on January 20th, two days ago at 7.06 p.m., Hell Rooster 4, I put a post on the Big Spur, Mike Morgan. <laughs> and I was just like uh, – uh, Morgan just connected David Robinson to Sendarius on the call. To oh, yes. Stuff. So yes. major praise there. And then it's like, so here we are on Monday. There's 40 posts, 6,776 views, 65 upvotes in the <laughs> Mike Morgan thread. Uh, uh, and I put it there and pointed out it's it's neat with our show because when you were on in Columbia with your talk show, Gamecock stuff aside, Mm-hmm. Your talk show, for my money, was the best in town. I, I mean, appreciate that's that. no offense to anyone else that was doing radio at the time. I mean, a lot of them are my friends and things like that. But, I mean, if if I had to listen to one, and I don't think I lived in Columbia at the time. I think I lived in Greenville or something. I would listen to yours. I mean, and it was kind of in the evening, and I dug that too. But uh, 
Uh, it was very popular, obviously. And so now we what well. we've basically done is we've got this monster with me and JB and Phil. And now for four hours a week, our listeners get to resurrect the, the Mike Morgan show. We just need Reed Morton here. Wonder you know? Twin Powers activate. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, 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 a, I was, I, that, that hit me about a week ago. Is it like, oh, that's actually what we're doing. My God. Yeah. We, we, we've, we've brought back one of the, one of the goats of sports talk radio in the South Carolina market. And, uh, you know, cause we know you and stuff like that. It's like, well, we, I guess, I guess that didn't hit me like it did. Uh, but yeah, I took a scroll down memory lane and thinking about your show and how popular it was. I'm like, man, we've done a good job of this. Well, and that's, it's, it's part of the appeal too. I mean, you know, Jamie was crushing Charleston and JC. I mean, with, with the big spur, you've pretty much crushed the entire state. And then as you mentioned, I mean, for a lot of people, there's a whole generation that, that just knows uh, the job I do announcing games, but for, for, for the better part of 15 years, I hosted a daily show and still do some on um, Sirius XM and uh, 680 here in Atlanta. But I couldn't commit to a five-day thing with, with everything else going on. But I love doing it if it's the right situation. You know, like I had some great partners in Columbia, like a Reed Morton. I go back to Jim Forrest, who was the former PA guy at williams Bryce Stadium. And that's another Carolina. Like, that was his baby. Uh <clears throat> Uh, you know, Phil Kornblut obviously worked with him a lot. Uh, Heath Klein, who, uh, for whatever reason, they let go at 107.5, which is uh, insane. Um, you know, I hired him. I, I needed a new – I had one co-host who was very talented but had some issues personal life. And I said, well, I, I know a guy whose wife already works here, and I'm confident that we can get him. And I was like, you just have to trust me. Like, well, I, the resume tape, I don't I, – just trust me. I, I know what's good and what will work in this market. Don't listen to 10 minutes of a re- resume tape and make a decision. And, you know, for a while there, after I left, he was kind of carrying the baton uh, to give that market something that it, it needed. Uh, and when I was doing the show, when we first launched, there was already an all-sports FM ESPN station with a guy doing an afternoon show. Um, and I'm not going to badmouth him because I, I still know him. He's very, very kind to me when I see him. Um and but he had a head start, and they tried Mark Packer in Columbia. Mark used to call me up and beg to run his show for free in Columbia. They tried it; it got zero ratings, like literally a zero point zero. And the other guy, we blew away inside of three months, and we had not just the number one rated sports talk show; we were number one in men, number one in men. That doesn't happen on a sports talk show. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm I'm very proud of what what we were able to do, and and the great people that I got a chance to work with that I still stay in touch with. Uh, these years later. And now when I see what, what's become of this and the great work that you guys have done to build it, um, I feel that same kind of feeling like, yeah, this is something special. Like we're, we're, we're doing something well. Let's just not screw it up. Yeah, don't screw it up. I still tell myself that every day when I wake up, don't screw it up. <laughs> no, I, I, have uh, a, I had a boss at ESPN uh, who's no longer there, but uh, it was a female uh, boss, and she would text right before we go on the air, and it would be the same thing every time. Hey guys, I'm watching. Don't suck. That was her. <laughs> that was the text message. And I was like, okay, great. Don't suck. So that's what we try to do here. We try to go on the air and and not suck for three hours. Well. We'll continue to try to do that over the next hour and 37 minutes. We will uh, step aside quickly for a timeout when we return. Uh, speaking of not sucking, Kentucky doesn't. They're pretty good. 
We're going to give you some numbers on the Wildcats. Mike had them this weekend against Georgia. They'll walk into Columbia tomorrow. And uh, Carolina looking to pull a major, major upset. So we're going to dive into that game and get back into some uh, Carolina football stuff with uh, all these coaching moves and this, that, and the other. Get Mike's thoughts on some of that. Uh, Plus the NFL playoffs. Uh, Wow, what a weekend it was. So don't go anywhere. It is lunchtime. Hang tight. Inside the Gamecocks. We'll be right back. The State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you create an affordable price just for you. Contact local agent Gary Patterson for your personal price plan today. Touchdown, Brewer. Set up a screen, and it goes to Brewer. 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Brewer. His second of the day. Pitches it to Brewer. Turns to Cody. Touchdown, number three of the afternoon. Hey folks, it's Mike Morgan for Ryan Brewer Fence. That's right, you know the former Gamecock legend as a terrific college football player. Well, I know him as that too. I also know him as the guy that runs a great business, one of the best businesses in South Carolina. How do I know that? Well, for one, I'm actually a client of Ryan's. I had my home in Columbia done years ago, and his crew did an outstanding job just as he does for everybody else. Whether you're in the market for a fence, railings, columns, or anything in between, their craftsmanship, their experience, and service second to none. Ryan Brewer Fence has over 15 years of experience with consultation and installation of residential and commercial fencing and railings. Rest assured your job will be done with an unparalleled level of expertise and it's done on time and they do it right the first time. Again, you're not going to do any better than Ryan Brewer, Ryan Brewer Fence. The website is ryanbrewer.net. Set up an appointment today. Tell them Mike sent you. My company is Billy G's Carolina Barbecue. We are based in Columbia, South Carolina. And we have two lines of sauces and a spice rub. I mean, when people try our product, they know it's a gourmet product and it can go on any type of food. It's not surprisingly delicious. It's expectedly delicious. The State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you create an affordable price just for you. Contact local agent Gary Patterson for your personal price plan today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. 
Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's Lifetime Membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Yeah, they hope to have some swag tomorrow night. Big Blue Nation will be in the capital city of South Carolina, Kentucky, five and five in their last ten trips to the Midlands, but they can score 10 of 17 games this year. Kentucky has scored 90 or more points, and they have scored 87-plus in eight straight. That includes what happened on Saturday and the 105-96 to victory over the Georgia Bulldogs. That's why Mike's voice is a little shot because he had to call 201 points <laughs> that went through the hoop uh, in Rupp Arena this weekend. Anybody that looks at that score and thinks, wow, Georgia gave them a game. They did not. It was a disaster. It was over. Kentucky played everybody at the end. Georgia hit some buckets in the last couple of minutes. Don't let the nine-point difference. It was a 28-point difference only a few minutes prior. So they they took care of business, Mike. And now they come in tomorrow night. They're going to see the best defense in the league. That is South Carolina. By the numbers, the Gamecocks are better than everybody. In return, probably going to see the best offense in the league, if not in the country, Something's got to give. Um, this is a place where Coach Cal has had some issues winning games. He's also had some personal issues with fans and things like that as he's been not only teed up but ejected right out of there a couple of times. So it's going to be intense. There will be a lot of Kentucky fans that show up, but there will be a lot more South Carolina fans. It will be a, quote, blackout as the Gamecock basketball program is planning to wear their black uniforms and encouraging fans to wear black quarter zips. So head to Gamecock Traditions to get yours today, GamecockTraditions.com. Uh, Mike, so this this is – fill us in on what you saw. I mean, you've seen you've seen the Wildcats a few times this year, so I know you know what they've got. Now they got this big Z who's seven foot a million, whatever, and he comes into the game and he can shoot it from outside and, and, he, and he can post up and he can do all the things. He's an athlete at 7'2", which is very rare. Um, he was just – he's eligible now with just one game under his belt be his first road trip playing in the SEC. It's going to be an 18,000 sold-out arena. There's only a couple of tickets left. Those will be gone by tomorrow. So so what's walking in tomorrow night? What 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 who is Kentucky? You've seen them? Yeah, I first off, if you go online, um go it, it went viral Saturday night uh the the big Z kind of montage that a couple of Kentucky people I think put together. And it, it's got our calls. And if you hear like Sunvolt and I, not a whole lot amazes us anymore. And Sunvolt's been doing this twice as long as I have. And for my money, he's one of the best to do it. Um, but but that was just ridiculous. So just to set the table, I, I go to shoot around 11 o'clock. I'm there for an hour watching Kentucky practice. They don't practice at their arena. They're the only team that their shoot around is at what they call the Craft Center, which is a few miles away from Rupp Arena. So Georgia's going; they're doing their thing at the same time uh, at Rupp. 
So I go over there. Of course, it's freezing cold and go in there. And I see Z again. I've seen him a few times. and He's just warming up. But the whole time, he hasn't been eligible to play. And in typical NCAA fashion, no reasons, no rhyme, no nothing, no updates. You just sit back. So Kentucky fans spent $4,000 to uh, put up a billboard across the street from the NCAA that said Free Z with a picture of of the young man. And Ivasich is his actual name. Uh, and and uh, I get done with shoot-around, and I'm not expecting him to play at all. And then I get a text from their SID, which says, yeah, he's going to He's, they just got the email. That's how the NCAA handles their business. They sent a freaking email. Oh, by the way, you're, you're the young man who's been living away from his homeland in Croatia. Yeah, we, we can now let him play because we thought wave the magic wand and do it. So he goes out there. We're like, he'll play like three, four minutes and do nothing but just to get his feet wet. And he plays like 15, and he hits his first four shots, three threes. Throws a behind-the-back pass from the paint to an open shooter on the wing for three. Blocks two shots, steals two. I've never heard Rupp that loud. I've never heard Rupp that loud, and that just like, goodness gracious, man. It was it was unbelievable uh, to see that and, and what happened. But I don't want to get too lost on the prize. Like, he is just one of a dozen players on that roster that are really – uh, deadly. Uh, right back at you, VK. Phil, you might want to go ahead and wipe that off. Um, I think I think I think somebody somebody's mom's a little mad at his mom for keeping him in the basement a little longer what? than normal. What? Um, Is this the same guy from Friday? Who'd you make mad? Fucking <laughs> Esther. Just, we cares? just won't display it. We'll just leave it there for everyone. What's, what's wrong? VK is usually not Ari. Uh, so anyway, but, the, but but even if they didn't have this guy, they were the number one scoring team in the country, like number one. Uh, it's it's the the best Cal team in a long time. Uh, yes, they have they've had number one recruiting classes, and yes, they've had guys that are going to be lottery picks. But what they haven't had is a team that plays really together and is unselfish, and is skilled. See, they always have the best athletes, but they haven't always been the best skilled team. And that's why they keep getting bounced out early on in the NCAA tournament. They haven't made it to the second weekend since 2019. Uh They haven't been to the Final Four since 2015. It's Kentucky we're talking about. And all these draft picks, I mean, they got 20-some-odd people in the NBA. But this year's team, everybody play, they are, I'm going to use that word again, connected, which is what Carolina is. They are connected. So it, it, to me, they are the best team in the league. They are the most talented team in the country. Um, but like anybody else, it's college basketball. They're beatable. It's on your home floor in Columbia. You mentioned, Jamie, the number one defense. That's what you need to be. Uh, now, Georgia was a pretty good defensive team, not as good as Carolina, but coming in, and they just got the doors blown off. And that can happen against this squad. So you'll need to, you don't want to get in a shootout with these guys. You're not going to win a game in the 90s. They average over 90 points a game. Yeah, uh, you, you, you need it lower than that if you're really going to have a shot. I, I, 90, 90 on Mississippi State, 92 at A&M. Those are good defensive teams. I mean, I would, I would say if, if there's any concern at all, and I'm not sure if you talked to Coach Cal about this on Saturday or not, uh, Mike, but if there, I mean, the, the, defensively, I'm sure he's. He, he'd like to see them be a little bit better than they've been. I mean, now, again, a lot of these points Georgia scored were late uh, to get up to where they did at 96, but they did give up 97 when they got beat on the road at Texas A&M. I mean, they've, 
They gave up 85 when they were down there at Florida. They won the game, but they gave up 85 at Florida. They've given it, I mean, they've given up 80 plus, 90 plus points probably more this year. They gave up 88 to St. Joe's, for instance. So, like, I'm sure that there are some things defensively that Coach Cal wants to get cleaned up. I don't know that South Carolina can score 90 points against Kentucky. I, I'm not sure that that, like you said, I don't, that's not the game you want to be in if you're the game. No. But, uh, but, um, you know, with that said, you know, if you can quiet them down a little bit uh, defensively, you can, you can, you can clip them. You, go ahead, JC. Yeah. I mean, UNC Wilmington beat them, but that was kind of one of those December flukes. I think a uh, and and uh, played their best game against Kentucky by a mile. And this was before Z too, guys. The Z kid is, I mean, this, this is like adding a big piece. This is like adding Tony Kukoc, if you're the Bulls from back then. Uh, and, he's a lottery um, pick. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this guy's, he's a freak. Um, I mean, and then, and then, and then they lost, and then they, they gave up 80. Florida scored on them now. But, uh, and that was a weird game, Mike, because Florida was actually a three and a half point favorite going into that game. Yeah. And I, I jumped all over Kentucky and won. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, that was weird, but yes. I don't, I don't think Florida don't would know. be favored against them right now. No, I, no, I think, no. I think I don't think anyone's going to be favored. That now they play Tennessee twice, so they might be a dog in Knoxville. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know if they're going to be an underdog in any other game this year. That's their last game of the well, season. Well, they're at Auburn. February they're 17. at Auburn. Maybe at Auburn. Uh, Maybe at Auburn. To me, there's three teams right now that that are cut above the rest. It's yeah, Kentucky. Yeah. It's Auburn and it's Tennessee. And Tennessee. then Alabama's like in, in that next tier, almost mm-hmm. by themselves. Yeah. And then five through 13, honestly, the records are different, but there's not that big of a talent differential. There really isn't. Mm-hmm. Like any of those, 13's going to beat five. You know, eight's going to beat six. Nine's going to beat four on their home court. Like there, there's not a huge difference really – because they all are, are dangerous in their own way. But one through three, yeah, that's – Auburn plays 10 guys 15 minutes. Ten. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, yeah. I, I, it, it takes, obviously, a, a special group to be able to, 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 be able to do that. Um, Mike, I, I'm going to ask you the same question that I asked Whittle earlier. Um, you know, South Carolina, and we'll, we'll get your thoughts on there. I, I'm not sure exactly how much you saw of what they did at, at Arkansas, but they were very sharp. Uh, as their Christmas game of the year, easily, um, in a place that's very difficult to win. But um, I asked Whittle earlier about signature wins because South Carolina's got a good resume right now. I mean, it's early, but they're 3-2 and two in the league. Two of those wins are on the road. They have no bad losses. They got beat by Alabama and Tuscaloosa. They got beat by Georgia at home. Georgia's proven to be a quality team. And then they got beat on the road at Clemson earlier this year, who is uh, is uh, still widely projected to be in the tournament. They're, they're kind of getting back on track after losing their way a little bit early in the ACC slate. Um, so Carolina at 15-3, and 3-2, and two, they've got a, they got a good record. And as the season goes along, as you pointed out, teams are going – they're all going to beat each other, and we'll see where things stand. So how important is a signature win? Like if you are a Kentucky, Auburn, Tennessee, like they're so good, they're they're going to they're going to. I don't know if they'll have a signature win or not, but they're not really going to need one. 
all of these other teams are going to need a signature win, if you ask me, that are in that group that you just mentioned that are going to be contending to get into the tournament. Ole Miss, A&M, South Carolina, Florida, yada, yada, yada. Like, so what is your opinion on that? Having, at the end of the year, yeah, having a good quality resume, but being able to circle that one signature win in there, is that is that important or, or, or not as much so? Well, I think everybody wants a signature win. And, I, you know, I mean, what you're talking about is really like beating a top 20 team, right? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, we've, we've talked about the depth of this league, and I'm waiting for Lenardi to have his daily email of um, – his latest yeah. thing, but 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 right now Carolina's what around a, a, a nine or ten seed, I think the last time I saw it. <clears throat> um, and and so you can keep kind of doing. You, there's two there's two paths to get to the ultimate destination, which, as we all know, is the NCAA tournament. You you can just get that what you're talking about signature blockbuster quad one win. If you can get it away from home, that's huge. Because, uh, again, the committee is going to ding teams that are only a product of winning home games. Well, Carolina's got two conference road wins now, right? Yeah, right. I mean, that's that's huge. I don't care what Missouri and Arkansas wind up doing. They might not be very good at the end of the year. We'll see. Uh, but it's still on the road. And I promise you they're going to beat teams at home. Uh, and so you have to prove that you're not just a byproduct of a great home crowd environment. Uh, and then if you don't get a signature win, you know, you, you have to go ahead, win the games you're supposed to, and again, win a couple on the road. You, you've got two different paths of doing that. So you don't have to beat Kentucky or Tennessee or Auburn to get, and get that signature win to get there. Would it help? Absolutely, Jamie. I mean, it'd be massive if you could. But there's another path there. I mean, there's, there's still another path because almost every one of these games are quad one, quad two games. So if you keep picking up wins, they're either going to be quad one or quad two. And at the end of the year, when they put that resume up on Selection Sunday, and let's just say Carolina's a bubble team, which I think is a distinct possibility, they're going to, that's one of the things that's going to pop up. Quad one record, quad two record, strength of schedule. It's not just going to be what were you win total and conference record. Carolina's five and two in quad one, quad two opportunities right now, which is good. What is what is how about this? Let me I'm gonna ask that same question a different way. What's more important? No bad losses or a quality or a or a signature win? Uh I mean, I'm not hedging my bets here. They're both equally important. I mean, Carolina saw that firsthand with Stetson, right? Like that game haunted the Gamecocks the rest of the year. It was a quad four loss. Quad four losses will kill Clemson last year. I know this because I did the game. Now, this might not have been quad four, but on a neutral floor here in Atlanta, we did a triple header, and it had the big names, the Auburn, the Memphis, and uh, this LSU. And then in the last game, we had Loyola of Chicago, not the one that went to the final four, but the one that's, you know, okay. And they played Clemson. And Loyola of Chicago wiped the floor with them, beat them by like 20-something. That loss really stung for Clemson. They had to, like, overcome that the rest of the year. So... But at this point, Jamie, they, they've avoided that. I don't think there is a bad loss on the schedule. Like, there's no quad three or quad four losses. Well, right? Georgia, Georgia right now is quad three, but it's going it yeah, to move to quad two soon. Right. Yeah, so I don't think – I don't consider that. I think the only game that they've – they've escaped it all to this point. I think the only 
real dinger in my mind that they could still have left would be dropping that home game to Vanderbilt. That would be a big no-no. that's the one. That's yeah. yeah. Do do not lose that game. Much like uh, Frank's team lost in Nashville at a season finale. I remember that. That was another critical game, and they went up to Nashville against a bad Vandy team uh, and got smoked. Yeah, you don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. But for the most part, they went through the non-con, and they avoided the bad loss. They avoided the bad loss, uh, so they don't have a bad loss. Now, to your point, they don't have a quote-unquote signature win. They have good wins, but I don't know if I'd call them signature wins. But if you just keep staying the course, win a couple more on the road, take care of business at home, don't have another Georgia game, uh, although, as I've said, Georgia's a much-improved team, um, then you'll you'll be in good shape. But, like, you know, the Kentucky game, it's gravy if you can beat Kentucky. Gravy. But then Saturday, don't lose to Missouri at home. Don't do it. Don't let that momentum that you have uh, be taken away. And I promise you, Missouri, much like Arkansas, and this is what impressed me most about the Arkansas game, Arkansas went into that. That's not a team that's laid down yet. They went into that game, and I guarantee you the notion was, okay, guys, this is a young season. It all starts today. We are a better team in South Carolina. Let's go out and play like it, and we're going to go out there and kick some tail. I guarantee you that was the message, paraphrasing. And Carolina went out there, played smarter, better, smoked them. And yeah. and that's what, that's what Missouri is going to come here, the same type of message – they are just chomping at the bit to finally get their first conference win, and they're going to beat. I promise you, they're going to sting somebody. Don't let it be you. Well, it was almost Alabama. I mean, Alabama survived uh, the other day the, against. They have been flirting with wins. Mizzou has. They've been. They're not. A, they're really not a bad team. No, that's what I'm saying. Eventually, they're going to win one. And you you know, just uh, multiple. They're going to win multiple games. Yeah, you don't want that to be in Columbia, South Carolina. You do not want that to be in, in South CAC because that's the kind of thing that can start to derail you a little bit uh, because you don't know if that signature win's going to come. You don't know if you're going to beat Kentucky. They have they have Kentucky once or twice this year. Just, just once. Carolina's got them once. Okay. Well, that, that's a blessing because I wouldn't want to play those guys twice. Hey, the only the only team they play twice that's really, really good is Tennessee. And they – they, yeah. Tennessee's a permanent opponent, so I always play. Them. Right, so they, right. They got Ole Miss twice, Mississippi State twice, Georgia twice, Missouri twice, and then one more. I wasn't blown away by Ole Miss. I had them at LSU, and they lost. Um, it's the same group of players that were bad last year. Just Chris Beard had them playing really well. But, I I, I mean, I look at Ole Miss, I look at Carolina. I think Carolina's a better team. Just, I'm... I might be crazy, but I, I think Carolina is the better overall team with the way they play. And again, with Carolina, this is this is about the sum of the parts. Like this is not the most talented team in the league by any stretch, but they play a smart game. They value the basketball. Everybody knows their role. Uh, you know, I, I Talon Cooper without him, I I fear what this team would look like. But with him and with all those other parts. Uh, they're a tough out. I thought the the compliment by uh, Musselman of Talon Cooper. I mean, that's what I've been saying for three months on this show. Like he's that is their engine. He is a special. He is a coach's dream because coaches don't need the most. You know, they don't need a lottery pick at point guard. But you want a guy that kind of manages things and is like a coach on the floor, but also is a threat and also plays. In the case of Cooper. Plays great defense. I told you Tremont Mark was my biggest concern. Well, he got shut down. Yeah. 
cut off the head of the snake, and that's what Arkansas was left with. Eric Eric Musselman, by the way, very complimentary of Talon Cooper after that game Saturday. That's what I'm saying. I, I mean, yeah, he, he, he he said it in I mean, he, the same thing that we've been talking about on this show is what an opposing coach just said. Mm-hmm. If you read between the lines, what he's really what he's really saying is, I wish I had Talon Cooper running my offense. Right, yeah. <laughs> that's what he's really saying. So, yeah, he, he he's a, people. You know, he doesn't score all that much, but he's clutch when he does score and. He's a guy that's a great distributor of the basketball. I mean, he is a and, – and that's when they got him. That's what they told us. You know, they're like, look, uh, 10 points a game last year, but nine assists a game on a bad Minnesota team. The dude is an elite passer. And I think Colin Murray Bowles is becoming a pretty good passer too, guys, uh, as a young post player. If Murray Bowles has a problem, it's that I think he forgets he's six seven sometimes and jumps up and – he wants to jump over these seven footers and that's just not happening. <laughs> and so he gets stuffed sometimes, but he's getting there too. I mean, and you can see his talent when you talk about sec level athletes, he fits that mold pretty, pretty good. So, but uh, yeah, he's an elite distributor of the ball and, you know, shoot, it's been a long way. Dorman high school, Moorhead state, Minnesota, and now Carolina, but uh you got to be glad that you got him, and and I agree with you, Mike. He he is a straw that stirs the drink on that offense. I mean, they they probably be a little lost without him. Tomorrow night is going to be a blast. We will get back into this and elsewhere around the SEC in just a little while. As a reminder, the seventy-one to sixty-eight victory last year up in Rupp Arena was fueled by Michi Johnson, who had the game of a life lifetime, twenty-six points in Rupp to go with six boards and. Six assists for those that uh, uh, maybe forgot just how well he played. That was a special for Michi. They're going to need him to hit some big shots tomorrow night as well, just like B.J. Mack finally did yesterday, or I'm sorry, on Saturday over the weekend uh, over there in Fayetteville. Uh, hats off to him. As I pointed out earlier, that um, the starters for South Carolina were 8 of 11 from long range, 10 of 13 from the free throw line after the performance a couple days ago. So they, they got him right. Yeah, um, as, as they with, work. with Studi out too, you know, Studi's one of their long-range shooters, and Studi's out, and they made certainly made up for it. I, I think Zach Davis is a sneaky good starter because Zach doesn't score a lot, guys, but defensively, he's he's elite. I mean, if, if, watch him play defense next time. And yeah, he had Davis. eleven points Saturday, so yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, they they, they he was a he was. You got to give credit to Frank for him because Frank found him at Denmark Olar High School. Yeah, of Larry Davis, and um, there's like a six-seven guard that can do all this. You know, we can find something for him to do, and I think last year was awfully good for him because he struggled. You know, uh, but he's a Zach's a different guy this season, and you're starting to see some of that athleticism and size and raw ability start to get polished a bit. Wildcats shot sixty-two percent from the floor against Georgia. That can't Ain't happen the- on tomorrow night. <laughs> Yeah, but that happened. You know, Big Z dominated the news cycle, but but really uh the guys that have been just running that to wait to see Reed Shepard. Like you know, you, yeah. some of us are old enough to remember his old man play. Mm-hmm. Uh he's a freshman that goes out there and again doesn't make a mistake like Cooper, uh, but is also a next level athlete with a next level he he's leading the country in three point shooting. He's shooting like fifty-five percent from downtown as a freshman, um, and then the, the 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 Wagner kid, lottery pick, Dillingham, first-round pick, um, Trey Mitchell, 
Trey Mitchell, that's their that's their glue guy. So they got right. him. The only reason they got him is because Huggins got fired at West Virginia. So now the kids got to got to find a new place. And Kentucky gobbled him up. And he is ever steady. You need a rebound, got it. Need a shot, got it. Want me to make the right play, pass it, not turn it over, got that too. So that that is that is as key a player as anybody on their team. Oh, by the way, they got another seven one kid in Bradshaw who. Uh, will also be a lottery pick, and <laughs> it, it's it's insane the amount of talent. But again, Cal's had talented teams before. Not the not that play like this. This is a different deal. That'll be a lot of fun. A lot of fun to watch. Uh, Tom Hart, Dane Bradshaw, Alyssa Lang on the call tomorrow night on the SEC Network. Of course, uh, Derek Scott and Casey Manning will have it on the Gamecock Sports Radio Network. All right, we got to step aside for a quick timeout. It's twelve fifty. Hang tight. Inside the Gamecocks, we'll be right back. Gamecock Traditions, South Carolina's elite retailer for anything Gamecock related. The best selection for basketball, baseball, football, tailgating, kids stuff, and everything else. If it's got the Gamecock logo, it's got to be at Gamecock Traditions. Most importantly, they ship it to your doorstep. Order online at GamecockTraditions.com where there's always a sale. Gamecock Traditions, GamecockTraditions.com. A tradition unlike the others. South Carolinians, this message is for you, as well as for people in Georgia, Florida, and Tennessee. If you think you may need work done to your roof or a new roof altogether, there's one simple name to remember, Elite Roofing and Restoration. South Carolina native Jeremy Johnson has been helping people in the South make sure they have the very best people checking on and building new roofs for over 25 years. Fully licensed, bonded, and insured. They provide the best service possible. Call or email today, 678-781-1998. That's 678-781-1998. Or you can go to EliteRoofing.com. GA.com. Schedule a no-hassle free inspection today. Wind damage, hail damage, or just wear and tear. Don't settle for second best. Let Jeremy Johnson and Elite Roofing and Restoration take care of it all for you today. Nana's Porch. Nana'sPorch.com. At Nana's Porch, they cater weddings, parties, and all kinds of special events. Their meals are served buffet style in seconds. They're encouraged. Plus, they can bring their mobile food unit to bring on-site and serve your guests as a unique alternative for your catering needs. Inquire about rentals as well. Nanasporch.com. Find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 336-259-7550. Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Yeah, I'm getting 
the uh, final quick segment here, hour two inside the Gamecocks, the show. Mike Morgan, J.C. Sherbert, Phil Molinax, and myself, J.B., until uh, 2 o'clock tonight in Hoop Cincinnati is on the road at third-ranked Kansas. Wake Forest is at fourth-ranked North Carolina. The Tar Heels are seven-and-a-half-point favorites, and the Jayhawks are eight-and-a-half-point favorites. But Kansas is coming home off a loss up there where they burned couches in Morgantown, West Virginia, as they were uh, taken down by the Mountaineers this weekend, 91-85. to 85. West Virginia is Bad not loss. good. Uh, West Virginia, yeah, they were just 6-11 and 11 going into the game, but now 7-11, and 2-3 in the league. That was not a good loss for you. Kansas has had a couple of weird losses. They got beat on the road at UCF. Who's only two and three, eleven and six, and they got beat on the road at West Virginia. Who's only two and three, seven and eleven. I, where do they go next? Iowa State. Well, chalk me up for a loss there. Where are they headed after that? Kansas State. Yeah, they'll get beat. Man, if you can't win at UCF or West Virginia, where where can you win in the Big Twelve? How about UCF? I don't know, man. UCF beat Texas. Uh, yeah, Johnny yeah, Dawkins. Johnny Dawkins. Where are they in the uh, net rankings? They got to be up there, don't they? I, mean, oh, I haven't even looked at. They're right yeah. there, sixty-seven, right, right, right under Carolina. That's amazing. Uh, I had them last year in the NIT, and they had a, a really talented first-round pick. Um, they went into Gainesville and, and smoked the Gators, uh, but for the most part, I mean, UCF basketball has been nothing. Like they have been, have had moments of success in football. They've had moments of success in baseball. But basketball is a sport they just haven't been able to figure out. And this year, after losing a first-round draft pick, they're beating a lot of talented teams. So credit to Johnny Dawkins and company. Don't forget Michael Jordan's son played at UCF. He played – well, he was on the team. He was on the team. (laughs) He was on the team. Because we had UCF against Alabama years ago. It's like, oh, my God, Michael Jordan's kid. He played like six minutes and did nothing. He's okay. He's all right. He reminded me of his dad when his dad played for the Wizards. Toward the end, <laughs> nah, I don't know. Yeah, but you also remember MJ's last year in the All Star game, he made the winning shot in the All Star game. That was awesome. But they could never get to the playoffs. He was he was a different guy over Washington. But uh, the new schools in the Big Twelve, guys, in basketball, BYU. B. All right. So in the net, number one is Houston. That's a new school in the Big Twelve. Number two is BYU. They're fifth in the net. Mm. Uh, Cincinnati is. You know, three, four, five, sixth, seventh in the in in the conference in the net, thirty sixth in the net overall. UCF hanging in there at sixty seventh. So, the new schools have, have, in basketball at least, have fit right in. I thought they struggled a little bit in football this year for sure, but uh, in basketball, man, they uh, two of the top two teams in the league, uh, according to the net at least, are, are, are newcomers. Uh, uh, BYU. Uh, BYU, and you look at their their coach. Uh, I'm surprised some other teams haven't gone after him. But um, I think some people look at BYU and they think that's a cultural thing, and maybe they don't fit somewhere else. But they actually they love their basketball over there. If you ever watch a game late at night at BYU, the crowd is incredible. Mm-hmm. Not what you would expect at a Provo for basketball, but they they get into it. Yeah, it's a it's 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 a good league. It's a good league. Uh, West Virginia and and Mike uh, quickly because we got one minute left. We got to get a break here. But whew, man, the future ain't looking good for a former Gamecock, Mike Boynton. He, he just can't get it going. Oklahoma State just eight and ten. They have 
not won a game in the Big 12 this year. It's, mm-hmm. He's in he's in pretty dangerous territory because he's one of the good ones in the sport. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, I love Mike. Um, I don't know if he's going to survive that, honestly. Yeah. There's it's a tough. lot of people there that were not wild about the hire to begin with. Eddie Fogler certainly had something to do with it. Eddie looks after his guys, man, and Eddie is connected. Um, but, you know, they had the whole thing with the, the probation and the getting that kid eligible. Um it's a, it's a really tough league. I mean, the only team, the only league that's in, on par with the SEC right now is the Big Twelve. The ACC will be lucky right. to get four teams. Yeah, crazy. Oh, by yeah. the way, BYU's coach is a former Kentucky center, Mark Pope. That's right. Played on the '96 team for Patino. He's good. I remember him playing. He was a good, good player, solid player. So. Yeah. Yeah, eighty-seven and forty-one as the coach of the Cougs. They they actually had to go to like what the West Coast Conference or the Big Sky. While they were independent in football, Mike, and now yeah. they're in a real league and kicking butt. So yeah, uh, I've said this before. Cougs. I'll say it again. The Big Twelve did everything they could to stay relevant. Every move they made was the right one. After losing Oklahoma and Texas, but they have good yeah. leadership there. And Arizona is coming into that league next year. Yeah, yeah, no, that's another great. Power, basketball powerhouse. Mm-hmm. Arizona State's a sleeping giant in football. At some point, someone's going to remind Utah's them been to be a Final Four under Rick Majerus. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Andre yeah, Miller. Gosh. Oh, well. Go Big 12. Yeehaw. Time out. Two hours down, Ryan Brewer Fence presents Hour 3 of the Power Hour on Inside the Gamecocks when we return. Chicken cock originated in Kentucky, like so many other bourbons. And so the resurrection of it, you know, Paris, Kentucky, that's the county seat of Bourbon County. So much of this whiskey was being made in that Bourbon County, put on ships and barges and shipped down Ohio, down the Mississippi, and got to New Orleans where it got distributed all over the world. And people kept saying, well, hey, I want some more of that whiskey from Bourbon County. And so that's how bourbon whiskey uh, got its name. And chicken cock originated actually in Paris, Kentucky, which is today Bourbon County. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864-414-5271, Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Building your dream home is often just that, a dream and sometimes a nightmare. But at the Barndo Company, they commit to quality and build without sacrifice. Customization, open floor plans, limitless flooring options, maintenance-free and easy installation perks, and affordability are just a few reasons why they've been named one of the best builders in the U.S. Believe in your dreams. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock owned. Gamecock operated. 
The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama. Columbia and go game times. With a little love and some tenderness, we'll walk upon the water, we'll rise above the mist. With a little peace and some harmony, we'll take the world together, we'll take them by the hand. All right, final hour 103. Inside the Gamecocks, the show driven by Love Chevrolet. Welcome back to the Sinorama Studios, Mike Morgan. That's a, that, sometimes I still wonder how the hell that happened. Joined by uh, Mike Morgan, the golden tones of the great Mike Morgan. Just got done calling the game at Rupp. Phil Mullinax and JC uh, Sherbert. For what it's worth, by the way, Andy Katz uh, has his games of the week, his top 10 games of the week uh, listed. Number one, he's got Auburn and Alabama. Mm-hmm. Two, Kansas at Iowa State. I just mentioned that. Number three, he's got Kentucky at South Carolina. So Really? Yep. There will be some national attention on this game tomorrow night, Mike. I, I think a lot of these guys, too, are very, very much aware that the Wildcats have had some struggles over the years in this building at Colonial Life Arena. Regardless of how good they've been or how bad they've been, it's still a place that they have lost. Yeah, actually, you know what? I would love for somebody to dig up that stat because I I don't have it, and I don't know if somebody does have it. Um, but I wonder going that's going back to two thousand and nine when you were the voice of the Gamecocks. Mm-hmm. I would I wonder how many where where that compares to all the other road trips for the Wildcats in the SEC over the last fifteen years. I bet it's up there because it's not like they get beat. Totally agree. Yeah, you guys uh, threw a couple of numbers that snuck up on me last week. What did you say? Darren Horn won his first three against Kentucky, (laughs) Um, which is, I mean, now, Kentucky I was going to say, Kentucky fans will be quick to remind you that was the Billy Gillespie era, which is their version of the Darren Horn era. Um, But still, you know, Frank had a couple of upsets. Uh, had a chance to call one of those, the the infamous Jermaine Cousnard, uh half-court shot off the glass to win. That was phenomenal. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, 
Cal knows like Columbia's not been a friendly place to go for his teams over the years. They just haven't. So yeah, a lot of people be watching. And the the, the Z thing, I mean, like I said, that that became a pheno- phenomenon and that a lot of people who don't even know anything about Kentucky will be wanting to see well, who is this seven foot two unicorn from Croatia that went in the game and started acting like uh he's an NBA all star with the way he played. But uh but yeah, anytime Kentucky comes to town, look, they they're a marked man. Uh they are the Alabama, if you will, of basketball. And if you if you beat them, it's it's bliss. Like you'll you'll always be happy with a win, but when you beat Kentucky, that's that's the big dog. That's always that's always a, a program builder when you're able to do it. Um, elsewhere in the uh, SEC, then uh, we're going to move on and get into some football here. But uh, elsewhere in the SEC tomorrow night, only one other game: Missouri is at Texas A and M, uh, coming off of. Another really, really fun weekend of SEC basketball. It's been a been a been a neat year. Been a neat year. Tennessee, by the way, put it on Alabama this weekend. As Mike pointed out last week, they are really good. Um, the NFL playoffs, Mike. Uh, now we're into the championship stuff, and I know we don't get into a ton of NFL stuff around here, but it is championship weekend, and and uh, I, I think the three of us, JC, Mad Dog, and myself, have been uh, pretty vocal in saying, "Go Lions." Like it's the feel good story in the NFL, right? Oh, like yeah. the, it's the Detroit Lions. Now all of a sudden, everybody's, you know, sorry, San Frank. Sorry, my friend David Cloninger. You know, it, it, the whole country ain't pulling for the 49ers this weekend. It, it, they're pulling for Detroit. Uh, all these others been there, done that. But this is this is the feel good story. I don't know if they can get it done or not. We're going to find out. Uh, Jared Goff going back out west. That's going to be an mm-hmm. interesting story in itself. But, um, I haven't seen anything really like this in a while in the NFL yeah. uh, where you've got – I mean, this is special. This is neat. Well, none of us were old enough to remember Bobby Lane at quarterback, um, but that's the last time the Lions were playing for championships. So, yeah, this is beyond historic. Now, and I'll announce the uh, Salsa Fab Five uh, winner, uh, Salsa Rita's Fab Five winner later on, but I can tell you that I was upset with my – I had to tune into that game midway through – and I picked San Francisco to cover, although I vacillated back and forth. And you always stay with your first pick. Always. You don't talk yourself out of it. But then I'm like, I was even madder because I'm like, wait a minute. Nobody told me Debo's not playing. Then I found out Debo got nicked up his shoulder in the middle of the game. They are not the same team without Debo Samuel. I'm not just saying that because this happens to be a Gamecock show. Uh, he is he is so electric and such a matchup nightmare. So McCaffrey's obviously like had an MVP year, and Purdy is uh, very, very good. Not flashy, but good at what he does. And then Kittle's an all-pro tight end. But Debo is the chess piece that yeah. keeps defensive coordinators up at night. So I want to know if Debo is going to be able to play because that changes the dynamics of that game. Right, let's. I haven't even added it up. All right, so I covered Baltimore. I got Green Bay, the Lions. I lost on Baltimore. So four and one, picking up where I left off. Four and one. Well, I would be three and two, Mm -hmm. I think. Over. I I had the right idea. What do you mean? No, the underdogs basically played really, really well the whole week. They did do well. Yeah, they just didn't quite cover. They just didn't quite cover. By the way, the sixty-nine point five percent. 
Gamecock free throw percentage part of that equation? Did you guys happen to see what the final number was? Like 70.25 or something. Yes. Yeah. yeah. If nothing else, I've got a future in being a bookmaker. Um, yeah, the house, the house, make, the house would make money, man. Yeah, I mean, that number was damn near spot on. But, yes, the over just barely uh, covered on the 69-and-a-half uh, so, free throw percentage. Bill, you've been quiet. What was your record? Oh, we were all we all went three and two, uh, with the exception of you who started out four and one. So yeah, right. You're you're a game ahead of everybody right out of the gates. All right. Do you do you want we could we could donate a whole a whole segment to this to just let <laughs> let Jamie bask in his one week glory. No, yeah. I just I just won the whole uh, last semester. Or what do we call by that? By a half a game. By a half yeah. a game. Yes. Sure did you have that. a single five and zero? Oh? I don't think you did. I had a five and zero. Oh, I think uh, like everybody but second. me had five and zero. Oh. I yeah. had two of them. No, I had a first. I was five and zero oh the first week. Yeah, JC had a five and zero. Oh. I know that. Yeah, he started out strong. Yeah, everybody had stumbled. It I was kind of like uh, Carolina's offense this year. <laughs> really good at the start, and just not uh, kind of sputtered. After your your that. offensive line <laughs> let you down late in the. Season. I did not. I had no blocking. No uh, blocking. Riddled, riddled, injury riddled after that first game. Yeah. But look, I yeah, I, I you lost all your wants, good picks in the portal. Yeah. My heart wants Lions versus Ravens. <laughs> you know, I actually for I for a spectacle, I want Lions versus Chiefs because the Chiefs are going to waltz in there. They're the they're the favorite, right? How many Super Bowls have they been in? And Andy Reid and Taylor Swift will definitely be there. And oh, it, yeah, all it'll be a fiasco. And here's the, the old Lions, and they hadn't done crap in thirty years. So it's a it's it. it <laughs> Even if that game will probably be close because I think they're two evenly matched teams talent wise and, and success wise this year, uh, they still the Lions will have that underdog Dan Campbell versus Andy Reid. I mean that's that's like coaching royalty versus the guy that fixed your car the other day. Um, uh, and, you yeah, know what and, you're saying is the Lions Chiefs would be the ratings that that was well, the ratings call. Well, and if I want to go tailgate before the game, which I'm going to do, I'm going to go rock outside the stadium because hell when am i ever going to get to be kind of in that atmosphere ever right i mean i'm not a big i've been to a national championship game in football i've been to a final four in basketball national championship game in college basketball i've never been world series super bowl none of that and from the looks of these tickets i'm probably never going to get to go because <laughs> they're they're high um but i'm gonna we're gonna go and so, so what is the best pregame i mean do the Ravens have a rabid fan base? I, I don't know. It's cool. I know they've been, know they've been I, successful, but and then I know the 49ers have a large fan base, but are they rabid? Yeah, but they're that, they're typical California. Just got eliminated yeah. Buffalo. Yeah. So, like, I, I've been yeah. to, to, to all these spots except Detroit to call a game and and had a 49ers game this year. And, again, it's just chill. It's beautiful out there, but it's 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 chill. You go to Baltimore, it's like, oh, yeah, this is this is NFL fandom. Um and this is what not enough people talk about with Baltimore. Of course, it's Lamar who's going to be the MVP, and deservedly so. Uh, but that defense, that is the best defense in the league. They are filthy on all levels. Uh, the game that I had where they lost to the Browns, Clowney had two sacks, and he's like he's like just an added bonus. He's like when you, when you get that souped-up car and they go, and by the way, do you want the heated seats as well? Yeah, sure, why not? An extra extra 500 um, but they already have like just an absolutely loaded defense uh, without Clowney, 
But they, I want to. That's the matchup of the weekend. Is that defense against Kansas City's offense? Maybe, yeah, it, but the fan base. So I'm like, I'm, I'm Maybe it's because they essentially are like a 30 year. They're about the same age as the Panthers. And when I think of Baltimore football fans, I'm sorry, it's just because I'm old. Think of the Colts. I think of the Colts, man, yeah, yeah. and and the the midnight Jim Irsay. Yeah. By the way, is hilarious. Um, you know, moving them or, or his dad, Robert, moving them back to it, moving to Indianapolis in the middle of the night. And then what, what they did in Baltimore never set well with me either. They go take the damn Browns who, who have one of the best fan, like one of the most rabid fan bases in the NFL, the dog pound and all that. Now they never won. And, and then, and then how does that stick to the Cleveland fans? Because the minute they move to Baltimore, they start winning Super Bowls, and the Cleveland I- Browns are still the Cleveland Browns. I think the, the the generation there now they're all in on the Ravens like that's their team. Yeah, they don't. Yeah. They the, the Baltimore people that have lived in the Baltimore and DC area. Of course, there's been nothing to cheer about in the DC area, so they've a lot of them have adopted the Ravens. The Ravens. It's a it's a short drive to go from DC over the bridge and get to Baltimore. Um, yeah, so you've got a nice footprint of fans that just love NFL football. That have loved the Ravens. Yeah, it's close to Philly too, and Baltimore. All that, all those areas, all those cities are right there. Yeah, could drive up. I, I once drove all the way up from DC yeah. to Philly. It was fun. But no, yeah, they're I not, just, I don't they're know. not known as the Baltimore football team. No, the football not. team. Uh, I'm just, I'm kind of just hoping for the Lions. really missed people uh, for the Washington football team. What? They should have kept it that way. It was better than what they've got now. Well, going commando, like like like. What if Redskins yeah. fans are like, all right, or, or Commanders fans are like, let's go commando for the Commanders. Did that I read that by the way? That um, that uh, what's his name? Uh, Ron Rivera's interviewing to be the DC for the Eagles. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. Riverboat wow. gambler heading to. Yeah, he's he's out. I like Ron. Mm-hmm. I did too. Ron, Ron, Ron's a good coach. I mean. So much of, of coaching in the NFL is is what you inherit. Now, the dude in Detroit, uh, who the Carnival Barkers and told you was a bad hire, he's done a phenomenal job. Phenomenal. phenomenal. But, I mean, so many of the coaches are just byproducts of, you got a quarterback, because if you don't, you're not going anywhere in the NFL. And then, you know, do, does your front office, they, do, they, do they bust or do they succeed on their first-round draft picks? Um, that's what so much of that – business is it, it really yeah. is like the, and, and so many of the head coaches they're not calling plays they're all and we're seeing this now trickle down to college they're all just deferring to the coordinators to dial up all the plays you for every Andy Reid who's actually the true brain trust behind the Chiefs offense and it will go down as one of the best offensive minds in our generation in the NFL but but very few of those are left they're just they're 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 quote-unquote game managers and they delegate everything to their assistants, and then they go out there and they do what they can to give a nice speech and decide whether or not to go for it on fourth down and one. And even now, they got analytics guys that are full time payroll guys that tell you, okay, you should go it here because it's fourth and one in plus territory with less than ten minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Yes, now we go. Okay, okay let's go for it. That's what it's become. And to be that good, you have to be like a like a. I don't. Know, I'm going to give the other Harbaugh some credit. John Harbaugh is elite. At finding assistant coaches. Uh, I mean, the guy that he loaned his brother for a year at Michigan comes right back and is killing it. Best defense in the league. 
you know, and, and they've been really good for a long time. Baltimore may not be, you know, a championship level team every single year, but they're usually in the playoffs and they usually have a pretty damn good defense. And he's done it with Lamar Jackson, who's been good at times, not so good at times. So, you know, I, I, but I think guys like John Harbaugh, Mike, to your point, are few and far between. I mean, I'd, I'd probably much rather have a, if I were an NFL owner, I'd probably much rather have a Kyle Shanahan, you know, a guy that you know what you're going to get from Kyle Shanahan. He's right. going to go dial up plays. Um, now, what you don't want to do is hire like a guy that has a big rep as a coordinator but actually sucks, like the Falcons did when they hired Arthur Smith. That was not a good move at all, you know. No. And and so so you can almost go too far into that range. But um, it's going to be interesting. And the Falcons are talking about hiring Belichick, and then they just announced that they. Uh, they just announced they did had a second interview with Jim Harbaugh in it. Yeah. Arthur yeah. Blank, the pimp daddy, going to go uh, – he, he's wanting that title, man. He's he's wanting that title. Uh, he's not afraid to spend money either. Better get a quarterback. Well, that's the thing. If you're Whether you're Harbaugh or Belichick, you all know you're not winning anything with Desmond Ritter. So, <laughs> ball's in your court, front office. What are you going to do? Yeah. Spencer Rattler to Atlanta. Uh, maybe in the second round. But yeah. In the so first he would round, start. he would start by game three next year over those two clowns. Uh, that he, is he, over what they have on the roster. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's better than Desmond Ritter. Um, I agreed, and del- better than Heineke. Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke from Hi. Old did Dominion. Mike, did Pride. you catch the interview we did last week uh, with Daniel Kelly? The uh, no, staff? I know. I I would have liked that because I, you know, I I'm like an NFL draft nerd. Big I, draft I love. Guy. Yeah, I love. I love listening to those guys and that kind of stuff. So wait a minute now. You're telling me he had Spencer Rattler as the number one quarterback in the draft? Yep. Yep. Based yep. on what? Um, a few things. Uh, and, and I mean, I'm, I'll have to paraphrase, you know, a lot of what he said. So he 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 initially met Rattler before he got to Oklahoma, or as he got to Oklahoma, uh, he scouted him, and he said. Um, you know how going back to the old conversation we've had a couple of times, baseball, football, it only takes one guy to fall in love. You know what right. I mean? Oh, yeah. And he, he was kind of that guy uh, for Spencer Rattler, watching him just the way he carried himself, the way that he, he mm. communicated, understood the game, and then going out there and watching him play. He's like, this guy's really good. Um, he listed a few things. Uh, his he, he He's a big fan of Dow Loggins and how this system prepared him for the NFL. Um, he was talking about um, his time to throw, which is not not indicative of the amount of time he had to throw. It's the amount of time it takes him to make a decision, which is comparable to Sam Howell. It's actually, the same amount, right, guys? Wasn't it the exact yeah, it same a, time, Sam Howell? Exact number of Sam Howell, yeah. 2.68 mm. or something like that? Uh, uh, 2.82 seconds. And then by comparison, uh, Caleb Williams was like four. Yeah, it was almost four seconds, yeah. which was similar to Justin Fields, I believe, was yeah. the comp he gave yeah. there. Yeah. Right. Uh, and he went on to point out some things that he – you'll have to go back and really watch it. It's kind of hard because we took him in a couple of different directions to, to mm-hmm. get him to kind of pin down on all different faucet, uh, faucets of Spencer Rattler's game. Because I wanted to – you know, with you, you know, not just – let me don't just give me the scoop, like – wanted to press him a little bit on well now wait a second here you know but he was he was he threw out some records and stuff you know with these guys like Caleb Williams and how they perform against ranked opponents like in their entire 
tenure is not good. Here, and, uh, yeah. I'll I'll be quiet now. Go ahead. No, I shouldn't have talked. Okay, uh, <laughs> but he, he, here's here's I, I was waiting for you to finish it. I, I, I just said here, and I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> no, <it's okay. laughs> um, here's my thing about it, and I, and I'll just I'll, I'll throw this to Mike because Mike Mike's the draft guru, not me. You know, um, G- guru is Spencer Mike is Spencer Rattler going to be the number one quarterback picked in the draft? No, no. I just I no. think there's some, some political. I mean, there's some. Uh, you know, especially nowadays. Could Spencer Rattler end up being the best quarterback in this draft? Absolutely. Sure. Because a lot of these guys have a lot of warts, man. Caleb Williams, after the season he had, and the crying and the mediocrity and the – I mean, he's talented as they come. I wouldn't touch him with a 10-foot pole. I'm sorry. I don't think he's a winner. I don't think Drake May's a winner. I don't think uh, – I think Bo Nix is a winner, but I think he's awfully limited. You know, as far as the pros go, I, you know, there's just every one of them. And, and Spencer's got warts. He didn't win all that much, you know, at South Carolina. Uh, there are reasons for that, but uh, he, you know, it weren't his fault. But, you know, kind of, you know, and there's been guys that have gone in the second and third, fifth round that, that have ended up being the best in their class, not necessarily number well, one. Brady was a sixth rounder. Brady, uh, Russell Wilson was what a second or third rounder. Brock Purdy's you know? a was Mr. Irrelevant. Brock Purdy was Mr. Irrelevant <laughs> playing another championship game. And South Carolina had Mr. Irrelevant like I think three out of four years. I know Justice Cunningham was one, and Ryan Suckup was one. Suck Ryan, up, Ryan yeah. Suckup's still kicking, I think, or was at least last year. But um, well, yeah, to stay with I, your thought, I, yeah. I, I, I look. Uh, you, you tell us. I. I, I it's Nobody was me. no. It's less about when he goes and more about where he goes. Well, yeah, yeah. So I mean, if you're all hung up on where he goes, like you're going to be disappointed. He's not going in the first round, and he's probably not going in the second round. Um, but that doesn't that matters financially. But really, and you're never going to convince a any red blooded American purse capitalist this. Sometimes the less money but the better team is a better situation. Like if Pat Mahomes went where he was supposed to go, which was number one, instead of number 10 with Kansas City, it'd be a different deal. He wouldn't have Andy Reid. He wouldn't have Travis Kelsey. He'd still be great, but the results would not be the same. You could be a really good quarterback and be stuck on a bad team and a bad organization, and it retards your growth. I think Spencer would be better suited to be drafted lower in whatever round but with a good team that he has a legitimate chance of winning the job. Uh, but, look, the reason he's not rated nearly that highly by any of these other quarterback guys, because, I mean, I, I've seen him at best sixth, fifth or sixth, behind some of the names J.C. mentioned. You could also add McCarthy in there now. There's a lot of teams that are very high on McCarthy on just raw athleticism and every and all the tools. They draft foot quarterbacks very often like they do baseball players, Jamie. It's it's not just on numbers. You know, they don't draft a pitcher on ERA very often. It's based on what does he register on the gun. And Spencer has got a good arm, but there are guys that have better arms. Spencer is a good athlete, but there are guys that are more athletic. Spencer has de- decent size, but there are guys that have better size so he's one of those guys that is not going to just jump off and wow you but you don't have to to be an effective quarterback at the NFL level that's why I would never count him out at being successful in the next level because I saw him have to go through a whole lot of junk this year and he shined when he could when it was physically possible 
uh, and he and his body language and his demeanor and his overall like that's where scouts like the guy you I'm sure you talked to last week fell in love with Spencer even more. It's the way he yeah. handled his business <clears throat> for a young man that had a bad rep based on a reality show that I never watched of being your you know kind of typical pampered blah 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 blah. With all that, he he outgrew that. That's a 17 year old kid. Now he's a 20 something year old man acting like one that I think would not embarrass your franchise at all. Yeah, he can make all the throws um, on the field, too, and in the pro offenses and then the way he's quick release. He, I mean, it's, you know, the more when I watch NFL football, I kind of think, you know, that guy's kind of suited for that game. You know, just athletic enough to get rushing yards, but really his his game is throwing the ball, making the reads. He, he puts it sometimes where the defender has no chance to get it, and his receiver does. Um, many times he does that. Um, so I don't know. I, you know, like for somebody like the Bears, who aren't probably not that fired up. I mean, they, they stupidly may do the Caleb Williams thing, by the way, over money, which drives me crazy. Because, you you know, Fields' contract's coming up. So you can you could jettison Fields and get Caleb and pay him as a rookie. But then you're still not going to win. Um, or something like the Bears that, that you know, you, you don't – you may stick with Fields, but you just don't know. Or for somebody like the Falcons, who need a they need a competition, um, you know. And if you well, don't pull off the trade for Kirk Cousins, I mean, maybe uh, maybe that's a that's a good fit for Spencer. I don't know. I, I mean, just, again, just kind of keeping it real here. Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels are all going in front of Spencer Rattler. They're, unless Spencer Rattler does something amazing at the combine, that's not even a thought. Um, no one's jumping up in the draft to get spent. But again, I, I, I'm not saying that to be uh, a wet blanket. I'm saying that to say that you look around the NFL; they're not all number one draft picks that are starring in these playoffs. No, you know they're they're, they're just not. Yeah, it so, never is. Yeah. so yeah, I mean, like for every uh, you know, like C.J. Stroud, they're clearly, and the Panthers should have taken him. That's another story. the The Texans saw him; they're like, yeah, that's that's a dude. That's a dude. On top of that, uh, he handles his business. He's a good young man. Like that's what every GM in the NFL wants. Uh, it wasn't very hard to realize that. Yeah, he's he's worthy of a top ten pick. That's not where Spencer Rattler is. Uh, if we're being one hundred percent honest, like Spencer Rattler's not going in the top ten. He's probably not going in the first round. Um, but he's got a chance to be selected by a team that will legitimately give him a a shot at winning the job. I think that's the kind of – that is the window that Rattler's in. Like the guys that are going in the top ten, these are guys that are – they're going to be asked to save the franchise. Whoever takes Kale Williams, save us. Save us from losing. J- uh, uh, Drake May, save us, please. Jaden Daniels, take that Heisman Trophy and bring that same energy here and save our woeful franchise. Spencer Rattler's going to a team very possibly that's already pretty good – and when they draft, when whoever drafts him, it's not going to make major headlines necessarily because it's probably not going to be in the first round. But you can still win a job like that, a la Brock Purdy did it. Mm-hmm. Um, there are other you know examples of guys that weren't top ten first round picks that are still starting quarterbacks in the NFL. I kind of intrigued by the Falcons drafting Jaden Daniels and Belichick coaching him, or Harbaugh is number eight. Him. Yeah, yeah, no. right there. Uh, they have good, they have good young 
good offensive skill talent. I mean, Robinson, Drake London, Kyle guy, Pitts, yeah. Bijan yeah. Robinson. You can win some games with those guys if you got a quarterback and a coach, and they don't have either. Not not the the dude that is the dude that owns FedEx's son. Yeah. How many opportunities? I, I don't want to say. It. Talk about being born it. on third base. Yeah, no doubt, man. People, people <laughs> like Lake Kevin was born on third base. Not like this guy, man. It's like, hey, yeah. I remember yeah. his his brother was a recruit when I was covering recruiting. He ended up he was committed to Ole Miss and Orgeron, and I knew exactly how Orgeron was taking him. We need facilities here, <laughs> you know. And uh, I think Orgeron got fired. And uh, the other Smith ended up going to, he ended up going to stay at home, going to Memphis. That kid couldn't play dead in a movie. Couldn't, it was awful. Just God awful. I think he was committed to Miami at one point too. I mean, all these offers. And I was like, wow. <laughs> and I, but, but you know, there's money. And then there's the dude that started FedEx. <laughs> Big money. Uh, yeah, from scratch in, in his garage. And, and now it's freaking FedEx. You know, there's, you know, the movie Castaway based around what FedEx. So, I mean, it's, uh, th- th- there's money and then there's money like that. So, uh, and I guess cause of his brother's recruitment, that's why when, when the Falcons hired him, I was just like, I was, I, I maybe watched four plays of the Arthur Smith era, man. And I grew up a Falcons fan. So it's, uh, hopefully they get somebody in there that I respect. We'll see if it's Spencer for what it's worth, uh, pro football, the pro uh, football Network has Rattler as the eighth highest quarterback uh, going in the draft. The eighth mm-hmm. highest quarterback that went in the draft last year was drafted in the fourth round. Uh, so that would uh, maybe, I don't know, whatever it's worth, you never really know. But um, a little bit of a different group this year. And uh, as we pointed out the other day with Daniel Kelly, and I maintain this, not that I'm some draft guru or expert or anything like that, but Spitz, the, the and we got to get a break here, we're, we're past due the nfl combine is designed for guys like spencer rattler like he can go make it it takes one one guy falls in love at that thing and spencer rattler goes from the fourth round to the second round or the fifth round to the third round or whatever it might be it it could happen quick you know what else is going to be good if you remember on this on this program i said last year uh and and kudos to Gigi. He's he's gotten some run at the at the the big club, if you will, uh, at the NBA level, and, and has had a had a nice heater going where he's getting like twenty a night. But I told you, tape would not be the friend of Gigi Jackson when they looked at when they looked at tape and they saw because see that those guys are so advanced they understand what the numbers really mean. Did you play for a crappy team? Did you not have an offensive line? Did you, did you not have, uh, they, they know how to deduce what is meaningful with all the stats and what you truly are made of. And they looked at Gigi's tape and they said, well, here's a guy that's playing a, a pickup game by himself on the floor. And while he is a, a gazelle at six, nine and freakishly athletic and a pretty smooth jump shot, nothing broken there. I'm not spending a top 10 pick on him. And they didn't, he slipped to the second round. Tape will be good to Spencer Rattler because they will look – his numbers weren't that impressive, and he wasn't first team, second team, third team, all SEC. But they will look at a guy that, first off, if you go back to second half against Clemson in the win in 2022, the win against Tennessee where he lit the volunteers up, a team that was go, going to go to the playoffs, uh, they'll look at this year and they'll see a guy that had no offensive line, that had very limited weapons to work with, and still made plays – that's only going to help him. 
in some ways that would help him more than it, than if he had a bunch of toys to work with and lit it up and they'd be like, yeah, but he's the product of being surrounded by a ton of guys. What did right. he really do himself? So yeah. I think tape will actually be good to Spencer Rattler. Yeah, Oklahoma. The, I, I like him as an NFL. You'd like him much better going through what he went through at South Carolina than at Oklahoma in 2020 when he had three All-American receivers and All-American tight end, a huge offensive line, and nobody played defense. I mean, right. I, and I – I thought that about it when they got it. When South Carolina got it, I was like, hey, he's good, but yeah, watch out. Uh, but, uh, hey, here's the deal. He gets drafted. It is the first quarterback from South Carolina to be drafted since Todd in 1990. Yeah. Yep. And that was, was a ninth-round pick. In the, yeah, last exactly. round. We only have seven now. The Denver yeah. Broncos, Dan Reeves, Dan Reeves <clears throat> drafted him. He got in through one pass at a preseason game and got cut the next day. And yeah, Dan they had a guy talking named... about how he's sad that he did it. You know. Well, I think about it. Now, Todd had Harold Green, Sterling Sharp, Robert Brooks. I mean, a guy named Ryan Bethay who Ryan Bethay, who if it, yeah, if it wasn't for off the field stuff, Bethay would have would have certainly had an NFL career. You could argue that nobody played with more offensive weapons in the history of Gamecock football. Than Todd. Right. Mike Dingle was the backup running back. He went to the NFL. Uh, they had a good offensive line. They were really good on defense during most of Todd's years. Um, yeah. Hurt me. Yeah, that was the last one. And there's been some good quarterbacks come through here. I mean, Connor Shaw started an NFL game. Anthony Wright started an NFL game. I mean, there have been guys that have played. Anthony Wright started plenty of NFL yeah, games. He was Anthony starting Wright quarterback for years. That was Cowboys. But yeah. uh, but no, nobody's been drafted. So I mean, that'll be um, and I, you know, and look, had Jake not gotten hurt, I'm convinced he would have gotten drafted. But it's just been kind of a a long time. <laughs> you know, 1990 was 34 years ago. That that is so, amazing because you you look at every other SEC program, and I know we're way over. Jamie's going to have a heart attack here. Name me another SEC team that hasn't had a quarterback drafted since the 80s. Oh, yeah. Think about uh, that. Think about I mean, that as we go to break. And we remind okay. everybody to go to D's Wings tonight in Columbia off Meeting Place where it's, how about this, folks? 75-cent wings on Monday from Ooh, 4 till close. Seventy-five, And voted the best wings in Columbia like 15 times over the last couple of decades Say hello to Billy and the gang at D's. One of my favorite spots to this day. I'll be going there when I get back into town uh, this week. So looking forward to that. But uh, check out D's wings if you haven't already. Seventy-five. Seventy-five cent. You could do some damage there. That's Jamie. still my wing. The two places. And by the way, guys, I love the guy that founded the Smith guy that founded FedEx. His story and his business and stuff. They're all telling his story. I mean, this guy's a hero. He took his last fifty thousand dollars to Vegas to get and ban it and get and won and got the company back. I mean, it's he's a legend. I just One had an my... experience where his kid wasn't that good, and a bunch of schools <laughs> offered him. And I, and so when his brother got the Falcons job, I was like Smith. Like, oh my God! So I'm, like, I'm probably wrong. We're it's gonna need to company. borrow. Gonna need to borrow some of his money if we can't hit a timeout to pay the bills <laughs> that we have here. So uh, everybody. Hang tight. We'll be right back. 
<laughs> Mike here for one of the better dining options in the capital city. You know, when I first moved there, I asked people around the radio station, where are the best wings? Well, the consensus was D's Wings. That was then. Today, they still have the best wings, but it's so much more. Now in their new location at 415 Meeting Street in West Columbia. Yeah, they get voted the best wings on a routine basis. Yes, they get voted the best sports bar on a routine basis, but they're not just about wings, and really, they're not just a sports bar. It is a family-run local restaurant and bar with 20 TVs and 25 beers on tap. And how about these daily specials? Every Monday night at D's, you've got 75-cent wings from 4 until closing. Tacos on Tuesday. Then on Wednesday, 18 wings and a pitcher of beer for 29 bucks. You've also got ribs and oyster bucket specials on Thursday. And no matter how big the party is, 20 or more, no problem. Just call ahead of time and they'll take terrific care of you. They'll do takeout as well. And guess what? A human will answer the phone and take the order. Billy and his staff do an outstanding job. Check out D's 415 Meeting Street in West Columbia. It's 2024, and it's time to get in shape. Charleston Fitness Equipment can help you do just that in Mount Pleasant. The Wilkins family, big Gamecock fans, and proud supporters of Carolina Rise and our programming on the Chief Sports Network. But most importantly, proud supporters of you getting healthy and staying healthy. CharlestonFitnessEquipment.com. Find them on the Chief Sports app and in Mount Pleasant. Happy New Year. Hey Gamecock fans, Mike Morgan here. During my time in Columbia, one of my favorite places to eat was Salsaritas. When I go back now for work or any other reason, it's still Salsaritas. Yeah, I'm like you. I love tacos. I love Tex-Mex. Where are you going to go to get them? Well, you've got two convenient Salsaritas locations, one in Lexington at the Target Center and one in West Columbia as well. Now, if you like tailgating, and who doesn't? Whether it's for a football game or anything else, they've got the catering hotline. Get yourself some Fiesta packs to take tailgating get yourself the three amigos bundles for tailgating they make catering easy with a fresh hot setup and again you just call the phone number 803-543-6297 to set it up you can also look them up online or you can even download the app salsaritas is just a cut above the rest that's why they're serving williams price stadium and the south stands also serving in the colonial life arena again that catering hotline number make it easy for you and the folks out there you don't need to settle for sandwiches every time 803-543-6297 803-543-6297 rescues and resin proud supporters of carolina rise they are also proud partners of the show they make products you can't get anywhere else custom designed wood and resin products that make your tailgate make your home or make anything stand out Order a custom cutting board, coasters, wall art, tables, and more. Contact Dustin and Tabitha at rescuesandresin.com today. Rescuesandresin.com and put your imagination to work. Rescues and Resin, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. This is Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Here are your hosts, J.C. Sherbert, Bill Mullinax, and Jamie Bradford.
would venture a guess that uh, over the next couple of weeks, if the Detroit Lions continue on to the Super Bowl, you're going to see a little bit of Bob Seeger floating around because he is the pride of Detroit, Michigan, and uh, he's probably going to be somebody that they'll try to try to hype up, fire up in the whole nine yards. 78-year-old is still brilliant when it comes to music. Right now, Detroit is playing some brilliant football. Welcome back, Mike, JB, JC, and Mad Dog here until 2 o'clock. Anybody happen to uh, catch the press conference on Friday with Shane and Markel and Coach Coley? Did y'all see any of that? A couple of highlights is all I saw. Anybody happen to see the tweet sent out by Gamecock football uh, where Shane was talking about Gilbert Edmond coming back to South Carolina and how that quickly spread across the country as South Carolina and Coach Beamer were made fun of by everybody under the sun. Anybody see that? Nope. Yeah, see that Tough too. look. Yeah, it was uh, – well, I mean, look, I, I, I know what Coach Beamer was doing. He's not wrong. He's, he's talking about his program. He's talking about Gilbert Edmond coming back from Florida State, <laughs> and he did what every coach does, right? He, he zazzed it up. Here's a guy who was left and went home, was probably going to be a starter. I was, By the way, I was very surprised at how into detail he went with this whole yeah. Gilbert Edmond returning. I, was, I mean, he went as far as to talk about the fact he's not getting in NIL money at South Carolina. Oh, yeah. he, he had, he's he not can. a starter. Yeah, I mean, I mean, all kinds of stuff. was very and then, transparent. And then all these uh, national accounts – I mean, even guys who I respect, like Mike Farrell, are tweeting things out, and they—I mean, these people are just like what? attacking what they say? Shane what Mike, what Mike Farrell. Say? I mean, he just—he was just saying, "Uh oh, like you know." Not that I have a problem like, with Mike, but not like I don't him. either. I like Mike, but like you know, a lot. It was—it was very strange. You know, all of a sudden, everybody was making fun of Shane Beamer because he was talking about how great of a program he feels like they have at South Carolina, and the Gilbert Edmond wanted to come back and be a part of it. And and it took off in a hurry, you, you know, making fun of the record and Jane and all kinds of stuff. And uh, hey, guess who they used to do that to do all the time? Yeah, he ended up winning uh, a couple of national championships. Dabo Swinney, yeah. <laughs> Dabo, Dabo. And people are saying Mark Ryan said something. Don't even listen. Oh, I don't know. I don't. I don't pay attention. Mark, to Mark Ryan. He, he, he's liable that. to sit there and say, "Well, they painted the grass garnet." At, Williams Price Stadium, and, and and so that means something like that blood is going to come from the moon, and that means you're evil. And I mean that guy, he literally sits around and is is mud. He's not very smart either. That's that's the thing about him. He's really a dumb person. If you think of, if you really listen to him, he doesn't know a whole lot. Like he he's not a guy that you go that guy's sharp as a tack. If you met him, he's really not smart. I, and I don't want to call him dumb, but he's just not smart. Okay, he's not intelligent like like we are. Um, and when you listen to him. You know, I think in his limited ability to comprehend things and to talk intelligently about subjects, he's always looking for this strange angle. And so if you're not smart and you're trying to find angles, that usually ends in disaster with you being so wrong that, 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 that you know, it, it's everybody kind of knows it. Uh, you're so wrong, everybody. And then it's easy, you know, smart people that are not smart. Uh, tend to do this too. Then they say, well, that's just my opinion. Hey, hey, it's just my opinion. Uh, well, <laughs> your opinion is like, you know, a, a third grader with uh, serious issues writing a manifesto 
uh, in a, in a little uh, moleskin notebook with a magic marker. Yeah. I mean, it's that it's like the it's like the the the, the Unabomber, you know, the, who who actually is smarter than Mark Ryan, Ted Gazinski, probably much smarter, like intelligence wise. So that's his fundamental problem. You know, if he was this genius that could sit there and come up with digs at Carolina all the time, because you know, I'll tell you this right now, if if I weren't if I weren't a class act. If I weren't a class act, I guarantee you, I would come up with some digs on Clemson like you would not believe, okay, that you would not believe. For example, their play-by-play guy the other day says, Dabo's not going to, they're not going to go bid for players, right? Well, if you think about it, (laughs) of course not now. (laughs) <laughs> you know, but I mean, don't, let's not act like, you know, I mean, there's, there's intelligent people who know what they're talking about can come up with digs on rivals easily, but Mark's ability to do it is just so limited because of how he thinks and his limited ability to process stuff and his a lack of command of facts and knowledge about the fan bases that he covers, that it comes out sad. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm done with that subject. Well, was that the play-by-play guy or the other I guy did. we're talking about? No, I was yeah. talking about Mark Ryan. The, uh, so Don Muntz is the play-by-play guy. He's fine. He's like, yeah, he's all right. Yeah. yeah. All right. I, I didn't. I didn't see any. I did. I was talking about national people. I, I thought Mark just worked in Greenville. I guess I was wrong. But oh yeah, uh, yeah, but na- yeah, national people killing, um, killing. I mean, that's. I get. I, I get. I get where people would see that and go, oh, ha, ha, hardy, hard, because we live in a world full of snark. But uh, I, I get where Beamer is coming from. I don't have a problem. With that. Well, that, that, you just hit it, JC. We, it, it, we live in a world full of snark, and what, what's going – like already, for example, the moment that Kalen DeBoer got hired at Alabama, what did you hear Auburn and people that hate Alabama fans saying? Well, that's Brian Harson 2.0. Yeah. Okay. The the moment Billy Napier got the Florida job, they said they started calling him Sunbelt Billy. So er, er, and and Shane, look, Shane can dish it out now. I I don't I don't worry about Shane. Like he he, <laughs> Shane's got thick skin. He's got swag, and when you throw swag out there, you're going to have swag thrown back at you, and you're going to have people take digs at you, and that that's that happens everywhere. So like I I don't I don't waste my breath and time getting bent out of shape about all that. Like that's just. That comes with the territory. And I'll tell you one thing, the more successful you are, the more it comes. You know, if if Carolina when it, when it really was at its peak is after you beat Tennessee and Clemson, and all of a sudden it's like Shane was getting a lot and then you you kind of uh let's just say show up Kentucky a little bit on a win, you know, with the sunglasses and the and so but then when you go five and seven, it's like all of a sudden there's less of it because People want yeah. to knock you down when you're at the top. They don't care so much when you're in the middle. And when you're really down, then they'll kick you on the way out. But I that's that's just com- – I, I don't worry about that. So, I, so to answer yeah. your question, Jamie, I didn't I didn't even catch any of that. Yeah. Uh, that, that's, yeah that's, people are talking about Clemson now. Like, and that's, my, that's been my thing to start. You guys will rarely hear me say anything bad about Clemson. Never. It's just not worth it to me. I, mean, I don't ever do that. If I say something truthfully bad about them, like criticize them – then it comes from me, and everybody's like, well, it just came from JC. It's just not true, you know? I mean, because he's a big cockhead or whatever, you know? <laughs> I mean, it, it, I mean, yeah, seriously. I mean, I, I, I never say – You when, when big I worked cockhead. In, when I worked in – even on JC and Morgan, you'll never hear me say a bad thing about Clemson ever. I'm like, it'll be all right, guys. 
It'll be okay. When I worked in national recruiting, I never said anything negative about their class. They signed the best players in America under Tommy Bowden. And then Dabo got the job. Every year, I give their, their players rankings, benefits of the Dow. Oh, yeah, this is an excellent class. Because what's it going to get me if I sit there and take shots at them? I'll be like every other idiot homer on the planet. Right. And it just right. doesn't do you any good. Well, you, you don't know? accomplish so, anything. You don't, no, you I mean, I'll, it's not like you I'll, make the program better by shoot, talking trash yeah, about I, it. I give them no. credit where credit's due. And if there's something yep. to be criticized, let 100%. David Hood and Chris Ard and Mark Ryan, I guess now, and whoever else do it. I'm not doing yeah. it. Can I get, can I go, go to another subject or do you want to st- you want to no, stay no, on Yeah, this? let's go to another subject. Because uh, Brad Crawford, who uh, was listening to the show, and does outstanding work at 24-7 on a national basis. He heard our conversation about Radler, and he brought up uh, – he sent this to me on uh, uh, Twitter. Uh, so Spencer Rattler is going on day two or later in the 2024 NFL draft, agreed. Here are some current starters who had a similar path. So Desmond Ritter – I mean, say what you want about Desmond Ritter, but he did win the job as a third-round draft pick of the Falcons. Sam Howell went in the fifth round out of North Carolina. Now that's That's an interesting one because – I was up there to do a game when he was – there were people talking about him being a first-rounder, and then all of a sudden his stock just went plummeted all the way down to the fifth round. Brock Purdy, as we talked about, seventh-rounder. Jalen Hurts, second-rounder. Dak Prescott out of Mississippi State, fourth-rounder. Geno Smith, second-rounder. Russell Wilson, third-rounder. That's back when you don't dare take a quarterback under six feet. Kirk Cousins, fourth-rounder. Kirk Cousins might be a, your next Falcons quarterback, by the way, uh, who's going to throw for over 40,000 yards. So that just backs up what I was saying. Thank you, Brad. That it, Spencer's not going to go in the first round, but it doesn't necessarily matter. So he makes less money on his first contract. Who cares? It's the second contract that really matters in the NFL anyway. And it, as those guys and others before them have shown, you don't have to be a first-round quarterback to succeed in the National Football League. Yeah, I thought that was great I, I stuff. Agree. That's what I'm saying. He may not end up – he's not going to be the top quarterback pick in this draft, but could he end up being the best quarterback in this draft? Absolutely. Well, I, I mean, I, I don't think that it's any different from what we just saw happen with Spencer Rattler's college career. Like, it's going to be about where he goes, not when he goes. Like, what type of system and what organization is he – going to that's that's gonna help tell the story like as you pointed out earlier mike and i don't and and he this won't this won't happen to him like he's not i don't think i don't think maybe he is i hope he does by the way i hope this happens for the sake of spencer rattler but i don't think he's going to be asked to be the savior of any organization no which, that's, because that that's would mean first he's, a top, he's a top 10 pick right yeah Correct. so like so he's gonna so he can get like i more envision the Aaron Rodgers type situation a little bit where he goes somewhere and, and, and he gets to work in that system while that quarterback has a couple of years left on his contract or maybe a little bit more. And he gets to grow into that system in the NFL. Like that's a good setup for a guy like Spencer. Now it could all change. You go to the you know, combine and pop the dots and all of a sudden there he goes. So, you know what I'd like to see for Spencer? Um, I'd like to see almost like the Will Levis route. So Will Levis slips in the draft last year, goes in the second round. But he goes to a team that has an aging starting quarterback that's clearly on a decline in Ryan Tannehill. 
And then Ryan Tannehill gets hurt. Will Levis gets to play and actually had the great game on Monday night. Um, I had him in a game and he didn't play very well. But nevertheless, he, he got to start virtually the rest of the year. Uh, and then even when Tannehill was healthy, they're like, well, clearly Tannehill's not our future. Let's give this Levis kid a shot. That's what I could see for Spencer Rattler. Gets drafted by a team that, yes, has a starting quarterback, but either he's declining in age and ability or he's just not that good to begin with. And you get a chance to fight in the preseason for the job and eventually work your way into the lineup. That's the more likely path for Spencer Rattler. He's not, he's not like, uh, again, he's not going to be a guy that in the first round somebody's like, this is our future. This is the guy who's going to save the franchise. That's not where Spencer's going to go, but you don't have to go there to have a great career in the NFL. How about a place like the Rams where Stafford's probably not? Another great example. I mean, Stafford gets hurt every year. Yeah, he's, he's probably not got that much longer. He's long in the tooth. I mean, uh, maybe a couple more years for Matthew Stafford, and then he's done. So You learn under Sean McVay for two years. That would be pretty cool. Spend a third round around Rattler, learn under McVay, learn we behind are. Stafford. Marcus Satterfield already tried to run that offense last year with him. You know, he should be used to 15 tight ends on the field at once and, and tackles pulling on run plays. <laughs> We're going to run the Rams offense this year. Oh, the most complex offense in the NFL that they have to, they don't sign receivers unless they can block. You uh, guys hate some Marcus Satterfield. It, well, I mean, it's, it's just the thought process. I was just like, why? Because <laughs> speaking of people who aren't very smart, I, I, I think I think Marcus Satterfield's a very smart, bright guy. I think I think it's, he's too smart for his own good. It, it, it's, it's unrealistically smart, I guess. Is how what What about that. a place like Arizona? Uh, he would go home. Well, yeah, I, I mean Kyler Murray. I the if they could go if they could have a mulligan on the on the contract they gave Kyler Murray which was insane they'd gladly do it. That franchise uh, didn't run all that well though. No, man. it's not. <laughs> it never yeah. has been going back to the Bidwells, but uh no, I don't think Kyler Murray is going to be the guy 2 years from now, 3 years from now. I just don't see it. So yeah, that's another good one, Jamie. I mean, I yeah. can think of a few. Look, there's only like a dozen NFL teams that really feel good about their quarterback situation. The rest are just trying to make it work. And a lot of them had injuries this year. Mike, they had a graphic up one Sunday, and it was like, here's the starting quarterbacks of the NFL. Oh, it's insane. 16 of them were like dudes I'd never heard of. It's insane. Gardner Minshew, they, somebody drug him back and started him somewhere. I mean, it was like, wow. Oh, there, know, was, there was a dude from Southern Miss. I remember at – all these uh, names were one hurt. of his games in college and I'm like is he still in the league like if you looked at the yeah. there's basically three on every NFL team right so three times 32 96 guys that are drawing a consistent paycheck for being an NFL quarterback if you went and looked at one through 96 I'm telling you there's like half of them you're like are you serious this guy's in the NFL so Spencer's gonna make the league and he's gonna. My guess is he's gonna be in it for a while. And then the question becomes: you, Do you? How soon does he get that opportunity to actually play? Because again, if you look the bottom half of the NFL and their quarterback situation, uh, it, it, most of them are not very good. They're just not. Yeah, it's not. I mean, there is a lot of bad quarterbacks in that league too. I think he plays soon, depending on where he goes. Unless it's a situation like like the Rams or you know like the Packers. The Packers are the Probably one of the most fortunate teams, franchises in the league, because I mean, who 
who has a Favre? Number one, who gets the Falcons to trade them Favre? Right. right? And then drafts Aaron Rodgers late, late-ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's benched for a couple of years. Well, then, oh, wait, it's time for Aaron Rodgers. And then he has a great career. Well, now look at Jordan Love. I mean. Yeah, yeah he looks like he can be a good one. Yeah, yeah dude, sure and, and they did the he same played. thing. They drafted him and, and let him learn. I mean, that, there's not many franchises that have that that can hit on that, those kind of guys. So go pack, go, go pack. Hey, Lynn, yeah, Ty- I can get, I can Tyrod Taylor, by the way, is one of those names that you're like, God, Tyrod Taylor still plays in the NFL. Tyrod Taylor still, but, uh, but he's only 34 years old. You know, Nick, like he's a young guy, but he's been in the league since 2011. Nick, it's just crazy. Nick Mullins is the quarterback I was trying to think of from Southern Miss. He wasn't Nick even that good Mullins. at Southern Miss. Nick Mullins. <laughs> And he he got some run this year in the NFL. Like there there are some dudes, uh, uh, like backup quarterbacks. You'd be like, who in the hell is that? Yeah, but yeah. they're getting paid good money. But the thing with Tyrod, which is weird, and I covered him as a recruit. It was like because he came from Virginia Beach, Norfolk, uh, that the Tidewater area where Michael Vick came from. Everybody expected him to kind of be Vick, like to be that running ability. He wasn't that type of runner. Market Marcus Vick was actually a better runner than Tyrod, but no, nobody realized this either. Tyrod Taylor was elite throwing the football, mm-hmm. like making decisions, reading defenses, that kind of thing. <laughs> um, and that's why he stuck around. <laughs> he's never been an answer for anybody, but he's still playing, man. So uh, hats off to him because I'll, I'll be honest, I, I was one of the ones that wanted him to be a little bit faster and more dynamic running the ball. But I guess that was my. Uh, I guess I'm not very smart, you know, for doing that. <laughs> well, you 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 hit on more than you miss, which is all you can do in in that racket. Um, Chase Daniel, he was a backup for how many years? Just holding clipboards, but man, that was a Char- solid. Charlie paycheck. Charlie Whitehurst, I mean, Charlie, Charlie Whitehurst, touchdown Jesus, yeah. Made, he made like twenty five million dollars and played, took like twenty five snaps in twenty five yeah. years. <laughs> it was like Steve Spurrier was the backup for ten years in the league, and he's like, that's the best job ever. Yeah, yeah. Right. play backup quarterback. Yeah. Where have you gone, Sage Rosenfels? That's all I can say. Oh my God. Uh when when yes, these wings are still the best. And and to answer your question, they do have steam pots. Uh, there's a there, go to D's. They still have the steam pots. Now they move that. though, Mike. They're in uh Meeting another Street. part of West Columbia. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. that part of West Columbia, since I've been gone and we've been gone. Whew, my God. It's nice. Yeah, it's very nice. No, they got a nice location now. And I, I love Bigger. me some D's. It's gonna make me get off my diet because it makes me hungry every time. Here's I the thing up. too: Delicious if we wings. if we if we did a whole show on things that bother you, when you call a restaurant and you get an automated welcome to such and such, they don't do that. They actually have people that answer the phone at D's to take your takeout order. They there's you're not gonna get a damn uh, what do you call that. Uh, virtual Auto- automated voice, automated automated voice automated voice i can't stand that press Yo, one if you want to and then they wait till like seven when you when they when you actually get what you want press four press five and you got to listen to the whole thing and then if you hit zero for operator they're like i'm sorry that's not an option or, or like uh, they'll put an ad at the beginning of it too like ask us at verizon about our new specials on apple watch yeah blah yeah, blah, right. blah 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 yeah, blah 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 uh, and i'm like just get me to the you know? exactly and they wonder why people go berserker on them but then oh they'll ha- yell half it. the time the people you get let's just say they're outsourced so they don't understand what the hell you're saying anyway you no. could cuss you could cuss them up one side and down the other they'll just be like oh, yeah. the verizon, oh thank you very you know? much thank you you have a good day sir <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> I am happy. I am the Borat. Like like talking to Borat, you know. Which by the way, Borat. 
anyway, I don't want to get into more at right now. Good thing because it's two o'clock. I know, man. I know. know. If you would have thought, I didn't have Borat on my bingo card, but why not? Nat's got lunch cooking for me, so I'm gonna gonna go uh, eat some, some, not some diesel. Here comes the abrupt ending. Go ahead, JC. Hit that. Hit that X button. You know you want to. The uh, Irish goodbye. Quick little nugget here. The AP Top 25 (laughs) is out. Gamecock still number one, of course, in the women's side. All 35 votes for first. Uh, Game day going to be in Baton Rouge. Number one ranking. Game day will be in Baton Rouge. LSU has moved up to number nine. So it'll be a 1-9 matchup uh, Thursday night down in Louisiana. For John Whittle, Mike Morgan, J.C. Sherbert, and Mad Dog Mullinex, or Phil as we call him around here. We'll see you all tomorrow at 11 on Inside the Gamecocks, the show built by the Barndoco.